This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, my beat sorcerers? Welcome back and welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I am your host, DJ Spider. That's right, that's right. Make some noise. What up, you guys? Thank you for being here. I hope you had a good week. Hope you had a good weekend. I know I did. I got to DJ Friday night in Hollywood at the Flow Room. Amazing crowd there. Saturday, I was in Austin. Did some crazy company party that I did not think would get that insane. But uh, thank you to everybody that was there. Sunday, headed out to Jersey Shore. Did uh, DJs in the Belmar Jersey Shore. And then Monday, got to hang in New York. And now, I'm back here with you guys recording. Um, Hit up my Instagram, at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R to see what shows I'm doing or my website, DJ Spider, D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R.com to uh, keep up on all my stuff. Thank you guys for all the support. Hit me online. Thank you for all the messages. I love keeping in touch with you and I really appreciate uh, all the all the messages you guys send me in person and in online and all that. Um, and before we get into it, I got to let you know, as always, this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. Thank you to BeatSource for letting us bring this to the people week after week. Make sure you try out BeatSource Link, where you can DJ using songs online from the cloud. We've got expertly curated playlists made by amazing DJs that are made for specific events that I utilize, and I know a lot of other DJs utilize. we got custom-made edits and all types of stuff. Make sure you try it out for yourself, BeatSource.com. Um, and now, let us get into the show. Uh, I got to tell you about today's incredible guest. When I found out who today's guest was, I was, you know, happy, nervous, all of it, because this person is someone I've looked up to for a long time, and I'm a huge fan of. Uh, This person is born and raised in Los Angeles, California. He is a legend among legends, a master among masters, an expert among experts, you know, all that. I mean, uh... He's someone that has really added so much to hip-hop and DJ culture through his life, along with his DJ crew, the Beat Junkies. Uh, they're people I've looked up to, and I'm, I'm so honored to actually know nowadays. So he's been a DJ on K-Day and some of LA's top radio stations and mix shows. He's done TV shows with Quincy Jones and Jimmy Iovine. He's been in some of the most prestigious DJ battles that have ever been held, and he's won them. Uh, He's held down Las Vegas residencies at places like Body English after DJ AM himself brought him in and recommended that he follows they, you know, that he follows him as the new resident. Um, he has a huge community of people that uh, support his online streaming shows on Twitch. He runs a successful DJ school in person and online. Along with his brothers, the DJ crew, the Beat Junkies. Uh, They have a record pool. He's performed alongside amazing artists such as No Doubt, James Brown, Eminem, NWA, Aaliyah, LMFAO, Ludacris, and Katy Perry. He's done A-list parties for people like Jennifer Lopez, the Kardashians, and Paris Hilton. Uh, and really, he's one of the most skilled DJs on the planet. And that's I'm saying that with no question, no doubt. I mean, you guys, any 
if you ask any DJ, they will tell you the same thing. He's a DJ's DJ. Um, his work ethic is incredible. He still practices nonstop to this day, which he tells you about on this episode. He's an amazing poker player. He's a beer aficionado. He's a father. He's a husband. And he's really an all-around great person uh, that has inspired many across the globe. And we are lucky to have him on the show today. So please give it up for DJ Mellow D. D. All right, we are here. It's the 20 Podcast, yes. and we are here with DJ Melody. Give it up. You know, I uh, preceding this, I will have given you an intro that I will record after cool. this, so you'll get the no whole, worries. you know, give, giving people your rundown. A couple of the, the applause track and the, yes. the air horn. I'm sure we got yeah. that in the background right now. You know, Christo's helping cool. us out. We got applause, air horn, let's go, hit it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. Yeah. Great. Thanks Long for being overdue, here. I feel like. I know. We talked about it many, many a time. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad. Yeah. I saw you at NAM. Yep. I think last time I, was, I saw you at the Beat Junkies booth, mm-hmm. which, oh my God, you guys were yeah, killing we were, it out yeah, there. We were, that was, yeah. We were Mach 3 at the booth this year. Yes, like, it, was yeah. so, it was so much fun, though. It was yeah. Like but it was also class. like the Mecca. You know, like everybody knew where to go at NAM, all the DJs. Oh, I'll see you at the Beat Junkies booth, you know. And oh, word. That's you guys were like, I don't know, just doing so much dope, dope shit by having like the younger people on and you were streaming it and then you had legends on and you guys and it was, uh, yeah, it was just such a cool place. Thanks, to yeah, we were be. pretty, we were pretty pumped. It worked out pretty well. So yeah. yeah. And the response was great. And it's always great to like see the homies. Like I feel oh, like yeah. I don't see you that often. Like, I know. you know, so it's like, it's just a, a great place to like cross paths with like just, you know, other DJs and yeah. you know, new school, middle school, old school. Yeah, you know exactly. What I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. Middle school. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like, I hadn't, I hadn't gone to Nam forever because I feel like it's always du- in January and during mm-hmm some other things that I'm doing or other people are doing. So I, they had it in that off time because of the pandemic, I right. think, but it was kind of nice. I, I saw so many more people than I usually see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about Nam was, um, and kind of to your point about the pandemic was that, um, I noticed, uh, when was it? Not this, not this year, but last year, 2022, yeah. I think was the first year it came back. And, you know, we were all looking forward to it and we've been at Nam the junkies, like as a collective since like, the late nineties. Like we've right. been literally going to NAM every year. Like um, back then, like just, you know, working for our sponsors, you know, Vestex back in the day and then you right. know, partnering with rain, always yeah. kind of performing like at their, their booths. And then like we started having our own booth shout out to Jetpack um, a few years ago. But anyhow, one thing I noticed, um, 2022 when NAM came back for the first time post pandemic, um, I was expecting just kind of like that, that annual chaos, which is like that kind of just like just so much going on, but there's at the same time, it's a lot of excitement, you know, with yeah. the community and, but it was pretty dialed back. Like I noticed just like in terms right. of physical space, like there was just a lot more physical space between boosts. And so I think that that we saw in 2022 and this year, 2023, we saw, I'd say probably at around 30% less participation from the companies in that, in the DJ hall than we've seen in the years past, which was nice. Right. I mean, getting to my point kind of made it to where you could actually like, you had more space. It wasn't to kind like of walk speakers around. on your head. You know, yeah, you hear everyone else's shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That and just like, you know, chaos coming at you from eight different directions. That's true. You can actually like take time to like say what up to people and like, you know, just catch up like for a few minutes at least. Cause yeah. you know, it is, it's always so hectic, but Oh, so hectic. It was, yeah. it was great. It's been like kind of like a nice re-entry into right. Yeah, that's for, true i feel like for everybody yeah totally know? yeah 
And it was dope to have it, 50th anniversary of hip-hop. You know, that was kind of, I guess if I think about it, that was some of the kickoff stuff for it. Now it's in full swing, just right, going crazy, right. that Yankee Stadium show last yeah. weekend. Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I watched on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same here. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. Like, I watched as much as I could, and then I had to head to a gig, and then the next day I saw, like, a bunch of highlights on Instagram right. or wherever I could catch yeah. it, but... I mean, that was pretty legendary, and the same night, I think, was kicking off that Force Tour, which was uh, The Roots, LL Cool J, Z Trip, Jazzy Jeff, uh, and all the guests they bring with them, which just the same night kicking off those two legendary tours, and then... uh, so many other events were happening, you know, that weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, Apple Music, um, they launched, um, it's called yeah. the uh, Hip Hop DNA series that also was announced um, and published uh, last Friday, August oh, the 11th. Okay. So the Beat Junkies, they gave us a page, so we got some mixes on there in celebration of the oh, 50 that's years. that's super dope. So. I was listening to Stretch and Bobito, and they had a show, and they were playing like, <clears throat> excuse me, like all this old, crazy, like archive hip hop tapes and like... And then yeah. Ebro did a, was doing a whole show, and I could tell that Apple Music was doing a thing. I didn't realize that they did a whole page like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I think that's going to be up for. I think they said like a good thirty days or so. That's so dope. So you, yeah, so you the Beat Junkies, out. you guys have mixes. Yeah, we all have mixes. Chalk, uh, myself, Babu, <coughs> Retmatic, and then J Rock. Um, he's been um, working with Apple Music for a few years now. J Rock um, has. Uh huh. So he's got like his own page, and he's got like a catalog of mixes but yeah you guys can find those on wow i didn't realize that and there's so many dope mixes on there like actual dj mixes that i've been finding by like my heroes you know yeah yeah i haven't even heard the j-rock ones yet yeah me neither i'm gonna go really (laughs) no i've heard some of them right yeah i'm gonna go find it after this yeah just there's so many places now to like grab music and there's so many resources there's youtube and the spotify and apple music yeah Twitch and like right. you know beat it's, source it's, it's beats, yeah 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 but yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah like, exactly it's so much plus endless, like you man. said we like listening to a lot of the time talk radio or podcasts yeah. or sports things or yeah. you know all that totally it's not always music right 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 yeah yeah because yeah. we're listening to music so much or performing it or doing shows on Twitch or whatever it is that sometimes you want a little break from it ears, you know, I tell my wife that all the time like we'll be driving in the car like with the kids and you know we'll have like a lengthy drive you know 45 60 yeah. minute drive so we're driving like four miles in LA or whatever like in traffic <laughs> but yeah. um don't want to listen to music daddy some music and I'm like all right for the kids but sometimes I tell them like my I, daddy needs a break because I'm in the exactly. studio like all the time and a lot of times like especially at night like I'm working in the headphones right so my ears just get overwhelmed and so the last thing sometimes I want to hear is just music yeah so that's when I just go to like a podcast or an interview oh, or to, you know whether too. it's you or the road or you know what I mean like yeah. whoever or anybody really you yeah, know thanks. Um, yeah for yeah yeah sure. And wait, when you say you're in the studio, you mean like making music or doing like the teaching or, or a little doing bit of both? Um, yeah, a, a little bit of everything. So it's more. Um, I do teach from home um, on our, uh, our online DJ school platform, which is BeatJunkies.tv. Um, and then I still try and stream like uh, semi regularly, like once a week, and it's right. pretty sporadic just because of my my day to day, much yeah. my life schedule. Of course. Um, and then a lot of times that I still do, um, and this is actually one thing I that really stuck with me um, since the pandemic is um, I still spend a lot of time digging for music, recording records from my collection, um, record shopping um, and uh, just kind of uh, working on 
DJ sets and programming. And I really got into, um, we were talking about this before the pod, but um, I really, really, over the last few years, I've gotten into more live bands. I mean, I grew up like in the in the 80s, like born right. and raised out here in, in SoCal. Yeah. So I grew up on everything. You know, I mean, the radio stations back then, we had K-Day, which was 1580 AM, which was the Mix Masters, the Triple OGs, the Pioneers. And that's where like, you know, we all kind of learn like the art of mix show DJing, scratching right. Joe Cooley, Tony G, Julio G, Battle Cat, all the legends, right? The yeah. West Coast legends. But then we also had... The Mighty 690, which was Casey Kasem, which was like pop music. And he had like the top four. This might be before your time. I might be dating myself. No, no. Bit. But every Sunday it. he had the top 40 countdown and you would right. listen to like, you know, the, the pop records of the week. So like Prince, Madonna, um, Rick Astley, you know what yeah. I mean? Like Run DMC, like made it to the charts with Walk This Way. And then we also had right. Rick D's, you know what I mean? In the morning. So yep, I grew up on a little bit of everything. And then later in the 80s, of course, with like electronic music and freestyle and then Miami bass. Um, so anyhow, so getting yeah. to my point, um, I, I spend a lot of time in the studio kind of just filling holes in my collection. And like, you know how it is. Like you sometimes that's like a very slippery slope. Like you go oh, down yeah. that rabbit hole, like one cut leads to this record. And then like, oh, but then this dude was the drummer on, on this group. Now he's right. got a whole thing. He's got a catalog. Like what's he got? <laughs> like it's endless, man. Yeah. It's just uh, so I spend a lot of time doing that too. Right. So I'm just constantly just music in my ears all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. And but I mean it's so dope to hear that like someone, you know, as legendary or an experienced as you, you know that that, you know, not like you have nothing to prove or something at this point, but like in a way you don't, you know, the, but that still works just as hard as you as the beginning, you know, and you put in just as much work, and it's like even when I see people like Travis Barker or someone like that, like they'll never stop practicing, you know, or working on it. And like, that's why they're great. And that's where your work ethic really pushes you to that next level, you know? And I, and I feel like it's a combination of that. Definitely like work ethic, especially I think when you get older and you have kind of life responsibilities and the weight of that on your shoulders day to day. But I think at the end of the day, and this is something that I've kind of learned over the years and, the pandemic and the last few years actually really kind of brought this to light for me was that because it's kind of come full circle for me, but I'm, I'm back to this point in my DJ career where just like, um, I really love DJing. I really love music. Um, you know, I probably spend too much time like working on like being a good DJ or like coming up with a dope thing or like, you know, refining like my style or whatever. But that's kind of why I got into it in the first place was because when I was a kid, like, DJing and like hearing rocket for the first time and seeing like, you know, um, a live DJ, like at my high school dance, like just blew my mind. I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Like I want to do this. Like, how do I get, how do I get this equipment? You know? And (laughs) now it's like, so that's kind of like, um, I think deep down, like within me, it's still a personal goal of mine. Like I still like, we were talking about this outside, but like, you know, that's kind of why I do like these little videos for Instagram. Cause it's like, it's kind of like my way of like giving back to like, maybe like, you know, my peers and like the next generation of DJs. Cause it's like, again, like I got into DJing because I was inspired. So I'm hoping that by doing these little things or these little showcases, whatever, 45 seconds, maybe I'll inspire somebody or give someone else an idea. You know what I mean? To kind of like push that, that torch forward, you know, or carry that torch forward. Yeah. So, but that's why I do it. And it's because I truly love it. And sometimes, you know how it is, man, like it, Sometimes it can feel like work, like, ah, I'm just not feeling it today or like, right. I want to stream, but I don't know, man, I just don't feel it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever. So on those, and I think that's okay. You know what I mean? To give yourself those, yeah, those of little course. breaks and, and whatnot. But I so. think tapping into the reason why you started something is always going to give you that 
boost of energy and motivation. Totally. And and I also think giving back is a big thing. You know, like I wrote a lot of questions for us today, and I think I also just sort of put like themes, you know, of things where of you know basic things that I thought about you and your career, you know, and like some of the. I guess topics, you know, I usually don't say them, but just looking at it on my screen is like longevity, quality, happiness, oh, wow. balance, expertise, and giving back. And those were like sort of these representative things of of you and your qualities, your career to me. Like, oh, thank you. And like, like I, I don't know, I, I, we'll get into it more down the line, but just how giving back as a DJ can make you feel fulfilled and happy more than maybe getting the gig you thought you wanted in a way or something. Absolutely. Right. Like percent. Like, cause I was, you know, I have other questions for you later about being happy in life and balance and all that. But I think just you touching on it now is like you making those videos to give back to whoever gets it. You may not even know they may not even contact you, but you're touching people out there, you know, in a way and, and inspiring them to push forward and become the best they can be. And I think that's so dope. You know, it's like that really just the circle of life, but it also the circle of like happiness in your career and why you do it. And you don't get stuck in this thing of like, Oh, I don't know. Why am I doing this? You're in your own I don't know. Yeah. You it's know. still it's still fun for me too. At the end of, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, and um, I think I, I said this words back, but it's come full circle for me in the sense of again, like I got into DJing because I was inspired, and like right. the rest of us, we all started as bedroom DJs, right? We yeah. all started with whatever gear, whatever setup we had, like at the crib in the studio, the half creator records or whatever it was, or the yeah. controller thing. Whenever you started, you know what I mean. We all started from ground zero. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to compete and have some success there. And then I did radio out here in LA for like 12 years. Um, and then, you know, the, the nightclub thing, like rest yeah. in peace to our guy, DJ AM, you know, yeah. with you and did that for like a decade plus. And so I feel like, you know, first and foremost, I was very, very fortunate and very blessed to be a part of those industries. But now I'm back in this place where I'm a bedroom DJ again and I'm having like all the fun in the world. And it's not about, it's not about monetizing. You know what I mean? It's great. Like you can stream and like earn a few bucks or whatever. And, and that's wonderful. But for me, it's more, it's more about, you know, cultivating like that community that's, that's true to you. That's dedicated to you. that appreciates not so much me as a DJ, but more like, you know, um, the the music um that i kind of curate for for those sets you know what i mean i also have a youtube channel that i've been trying to be more attentive to and again that's i can't monetize that because i'm playing you know music that's owned by other records and that's fine right i mean the instagram thing like but it's still dope like i listened to your latest mix on youtube oh uh, thanks the one you did for the 50th (laughs) anniversary and it was dope to see and i saw there was ads on there but i was wondering oh there was yeah I wonder if like YouTube they in there. YouTube did it or something. They probably no, that wasn't me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, I was wondering because I'm like he can't monetize this. No, I can't. But, I have to turn the monetization settings off. Right. So that's that the mix can live on YouTube. But I wonder if YouTube um, sees the songs that are in it and maybe then puts an ad and then pays those artists out. Totally. Because I uh, wonder. Every time I do, and I've been trying to do more of them lately. Yeah. But when I record those mixes, that one's a perfect example. The, the instant it got uploaded, I got right. like however many songs were in that mix, 19 or 20, right. I got 20 emails like copyright, 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 letting me know that 
Um, but they're not going to pull it down. No, they're not. They're gonna. They're not going to pull it down. But any revenue that does come through goes to uh, right. the, the the which is kind of dope the, in a way. No, I totally, mean, thank totally. God that's in effect now. But how come some people's mixes would get pulled down? Like, do you have to get to a certain point? Um, no, I not, wonder. I'm not or is sure. that just the new thing where they just license it like that? I wonder. Yeah, um, I haven't really. Um, I haven't really. Again, this is more recent for me. Like in the last, like literally six months, I've been trying to do things on YouTube here and there, but I was doing them probably in like 2014 or 15. I was uploading everything from like a two minute routine thing to like a a 20 minute vinyl set. And there was a couple mixes. uh, I remember that got pulled that YouTube wouldn't let me post. And one of them I remember specifically was because of a Stevie. I did a freestyle mix and it was a Stevie B song. So whoever owns that label, LMR, just wasn't having it. They probably, so, probably the light, they make deals with the companies maybe. And then they're like, no. Right. Or the, yes, right. you can, they can license it and pay That us. makes sense. Yeah. But maybe this was years like ago. That. But now I feel like, you know, knock on wood. Like, and again, because I already knew, like, I'm going to record this and just hopefully right. like the monetization's off. Like they'll just let it live. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Clearly, I'm not out to like, you know, like right. gouge the industry or the artist or anything like that. And they did. So the mix still That's lives. Dope. And so um, it's nice to see it moving forward like that, where YouTube, you can put a mix and the artist will get paid. Apple Music, J Rock mixes, or Stretch and Bobito, or Beat Source is able to now use the, you know, like um, right. intro, outro, acapella out, transitions, you know, and then the artist can still get paid. Right. So right. I think it's no, slowly important. moving in that, you know, hopefully the boulders moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the slow right, motion. In the right yeah. direction. That's yeah. that's really dope. Um, so anyhow, that's like my full circle thing. Like yeah, I was just telling you that about. you're back like, in back the bedroom, bedroom. And I'm mean, gonna still get out and gig once in a while. Like right. it's probably not, nothing. It's a lot of private stuff and yeah. corporate things and consulting and side projects. I've done some mixes for Rock the Bells. I did a, a show with Russell Peters. Um, oh hell over yeah! The Memorial Day weekend that was a lot you of fun. Did. So it's like I'm doing those gigs now where it's like I can kind of go out and just be myself musically as a DJ. Yeah. So those are the kind of gigs I'm taking. But like as yeah. far as me showing up at like the bottle service gig. Like doing the two right, hour like, thing. Yo, like, what's the hottest those songs days right are now? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yo, play that new ski <laughs> like, song yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Right. But that's great. I mean, then that's, I think that's the goal among a lot of DJs. Most DJs probably is to be able to be yourself up there and have people appreciate it and get the call for something to be yourself and be able to say yes and no to things and, and be in the position yeah. to be like, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, and and people know who Melody is, what he represents, and what he brings to the table. So to be able to come and do that, and not have to be like, no, no, we want EDM tonight, you know, right, like right, right, it's right. kind of dope, you know. But I do, like, I'll be honest, like, so, uh, part of me does miss it though. I do miss like, you know, just you, you know how it is, man. Like, well, that and just like, you know how those rooms get, man. You get a room full of like twelve hundred people, fifteen hundred people, yeah. or even seven hundred people, and you just like, you just got them. You're just you're locked in, right? And then you just got them you know what i mean yeah. like you can't lose you can't miss like everything's working and like oh yeah you got all the energy in the world like on your side like there's no feeling like that you know what i mean totally. like so I, I do i do miss i do miss that sometimes i've seen you kill it you in know. every different style of music i feel <laughs> like you know what i mean from the do-over to vegas to everything you know what i mean out of yeah, beat junkies booth to online and i mean thank you you know you you can you're so you're so versatile, you know what I mean, and you're you. able to utilize the skills that you've built up into any any genre. I think you know, and you're obviously up 
you know, coming from the battle world and, and hip hop world, you're up for a challenge and being like, okay, you want me to do this? I'm going to bring my flavor to it. You totally, know, so totally. word, word. Thank it's you. been dope to see you do that over the years. Thank and, you. and it was really cool to, to see, you know, being able to see melody in Las Vegas, you know, growing up listening to you, like you said, doing radio and in battles and just, I, you know, I grew up idolizing you guys and the beat junkies and, and just seeing what you've done in, all the facets, you know, so it's really cool to see. And it's cool to see how, you know, what you guys have become um, as a whole, you know, as a collective and a, and a crew and a sort of a business and a corporation. And I think that also gives you the freedom to pick and choose what you want to do because Absolutely. you're doing the school, you're doing the record pool, you're doing the um, all the school. different, yeah, yeah, the online school, the physical school, um, and all the tons of stuff you guys do, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure you're associated with different brands or you get asked to do all types of stuff, you know, yeah. as the B junkies, right? No, so. you're right. And that's afforded, not just myself. I think all of us kind of, uh, we're in a, we're in a good position now where we can be a little more selective about, right. you know, the things that we step out and do as far as yeah. like live performance and stuff. So, right. Yeah. No, and, that, and that's, that's a blessing. I mean, especially after doing it this long and, yeah. you know, to still just be here and just be like, you know, um, relevant and accepted and you know what i mean maybe yeah. on occasion sought after you know what i mean which is um it's great you know yeah. so yeah we're all we're all happy to it's dope and just to see where the dj the dj you know as a whole is in the world right now you know like there's a dj for like russell peters was one of the first uh comedians to really champion that you know spin bad and starting from scratch mm-hmm. and having a two by four set before his show and having the real pointing out to the crowd what's going on yeah. and letting the djs flex and do really dope dj stuff even if a big part of that crowd probably doesn't know what's going on yeah you know but he's pushing it forward but now it's almost a common thing so many comedians have djs so many sports events and and things that never had it you yeah, know yeah dude i and, and i, I got to give you props man i think i think i even uh mentioned this to you but i saw you i feel like this was earlier this year you did like a like a five minute or seven minute power thing at like a hockey game yeah at, Yo, at that was King's so game. sick man oh. like dude <laughs> that you. was it was so dope to see you because i like i know like i've known you for such a long time and i know we did some clubs and stuff together and that's yeah. a complete other format but right i've always known that you've had that gear so just so dope to see you get out there and just flex like that like and just yeah. Yeah. Like run through like a gazillion different records but do it so tastefully like in like oh, seven minutes or whatever it was and like there was a dude like with a big boy beer behind like yeah like it was <laughs> like yeah you had him going it was tight yes man. oh my god yo that's incredible thank you coming from you that means so much no, and like man, awesome. makes me feel so good i love that stuff yeah i mean i i was nervous about that they called me like we heard you'd be good for this you know shout to amy robbins like she does so many sports things and and she recommended me for that and uh, i think dad put my name in there too and i was like what am i supposed to do here and actually flats uh is here with us he doesn't have a mic right now but he's filming us he's a huge part of the flats yeah huge part of the 20 podcast fam since the beginning and you need a mic so you can talk once in a while here but (laughs) (laughs) um but flats came with me and filmed the whole thing and was with Ah. me and you know experienced it from Front to back, help me carry in the. It was my first time using the Rev Seven, you know, in a live setting too. Thank God I had it for that. I'm like, because it was dope. I talked to some other DJs that do sports things, and um, you know, everyone had a different uh, take on it. Like, hey man, I just pre-record it and just play it, or I do this, or everyone had a different thing. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to pre-record it. Like, if I'm going out here, I'd rather 
make a mistake and just recover right. from it. And I'd rather feel like I'm really scratching in a huge arena right, than work. just, oh, I did that in my house and yeah. I'm going to like clap my hands above my head. Right, so, right, right. Um, and claps. if I mess up, that's why we've been DJing so long. We could fix it, you know? Totally. So, so I just... You know, I probably made the difficulty level a little bit too high for myself, but somehow I pulled it off. But you know, when you do that, it's no, like creating a dive. Like that's too hard. I'm like, oh, am I going to be able to do this? Like, I got one second to go from here to yeah, here. Yeah, and, yeah. and thank God for uh, you know DJ Ruche from the Lakers. Like he was showing me the Serato flip um, mm, thing, mm, which mm. I had never used as much as I did for that set because oh. I was making all these edits and then they're like, no, you should use flip and use this and that. And I'm right. like, oh my God, it's yeah, genius. Yeah, saves a lot of time. Right? Oh my God. I, know, I need to use flips more too. I'm still yeah. like, I'm nice still like for routines where you know it's going to go or like, you know, right. like Blitzkrieg bop. I don't want to play the verse. I'll just go from the intro part, the hey ho, and then go to the end and then I yeah. have acapella. So. Yeah. I need to dive into that too. Like I've always yeah. been the cue point guy. Like if that means Same. me having four or five cue points on a track, like that's kind of the the route out. Same, but I was getting to the point where I was like, oh, I got to do a cue point and hold the record and the thing. I don't know how I'm going to do <sighs> yeah, it. And he's yeah. like, oh, just do flip, make the song flip to the end. And I'm like, oh, I never thought about yeah, that. And yeah. it, it helped my set so much. Um, but yeah, that was so much fun. Like I was almost, honestly, I was nervous before. I was practicing a lot. And I, you know, when you get asked to do something like that, of course you have like, 10 gigs right before it or oh, family right. things or something. It's I remember being something. so busy up till right before. So I had to stay up all night the night before. And, and I'm thinking, should I even be doing this? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you came up with all that in one night? Uh, I don't know about one night, but basically definite last minute. Um, I, you know, I had a few people help me, um, stylist, Chris, you know, a bunch of few people I'd sent it to, but yeah, kind of, I was up to the last second, just like, yeah, coming yeah, up sciencing with, it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to do three. I only posted that one five minute set, but I did um three sets. I did like this opening set that was I think thirteen or fifteen minutes. Then I did a warm up right before the game. Then I did that set, which I think was like the like a halftime. There's three periods, so there's no halftime, but it was kind of a in between the second and third period mm -hmm. type of Okay. Halftime no, set. Super you know? dope, man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I was like, I had never even been to a hockey game in my life. So I'm like, I'm hitting up other hockey DJs, like, what are you doing for the face off? I'm like, what's the face off? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know the rules. <laughs> He's like, how'd you get this job? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Who's playing again? The Clippers against who? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's the Clippers <laughs> like, yeah, versus the Lakers yeah, with the Kings in the, the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh yeah, it was, it was crazy. But yeah, so much fun. And um that's what DJing's all about. Like like you said, that was this year, you know, I think that was March and like, it's what, it's August now. And I think this year I've done a bunch of things that I've never done in my life, mm -hmm. you know, and I've been DJing 20 something years at this point. So it's like, just to be able to have new opportunities, go places you've never been in your life, DJ countries I've never been, do types of sets I've never done. And yeah. that's the beauty of DJing and just that our life is Definitely not mundane and the same thing over and over and over. It's definitely you know? not normal or boring, that's no, for sure. It can, yeah. There's always some new stuff. And yeah. it can raise your anxiety levels and stress levels. But as long as you are built for that and you're right. willing to, like, uh, you know, like go into that challenge and be like, okay, I'm doing this Kings game or whatever it is. Right, or, you right. know, I'm DJing for Russell Peters. Or yeah. it's always a new situation, you know. And you always want to bring your A game and you always want to challenge yourself. It's the same thing with me, too. Like, I'm like... Why am I overthinking all of this and practicing way too much and organizing way too much? Or when I have time off, I'm still making beats or trying to do things. But it's because I love it. It's because I'm so lucky to be doing this. And yeah. 
I'm so appreciative that I just want to be the best I can be in any situation. Yeah. No, that's and, great, man. That's why yeah. you're still here. That's why you're still out there doing things like yeah. stepping outside the box and taking those chances and right. challenging yourself and, and stepping up for the challenge. You yes. know what I mean? Like it's like, you know, that's that's half the battle right, right. there is, is the willingness to to do that and yeah. and just get a little uncomfortable. You right. Know? Yeah. Even yeah. I, I, I was in New York um this weekend and I I think Monday I was telling you I went to Rock and Soul and bought some records and and clothing and i saw sharon and she said hey and i saw drew from pioneer shout out to him and shout to drew. they said yo um there's a dj battle in Times square today at 4 30 and it was like 3 30 when i'm there i'm like what and we're like an eight minute walk so i'm like all right i'm going over there so i just did my google maps like how do i get to Times square pop over i see shout to dj fat fingers he's the mm. host heavy hitters and he's up there and i think pearly was one of the judges and I, there was just literally a DJ battle in the middle of Times Square. Uh, was this yesterday or this is literally last? Yeah, week, yesterday last or or oh, was, it was Monday. No, like Monday at four thirty. I know 4:30. the DMC, the the USA DMCs just happened in New York the weekend before. No, this say. was literally like I will show you the videos. I was like, this is incredible. Like, what's going on? Damn, uh, crazy. Yeah, just out free for the public. Like, so New York. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, dudes dressed in like Spider Man outfits that are like in Times Square, you know, taking pictures of people for money or like watching oh, right, it. Right, like, yeah, yeah. you know, homeless people to like people shopping at, you know, Gucci. Like, it was That's like crazy. the most random shit. Like, bleachers set up and, um, and that's dope. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that dude good spectacular was battling. Oh, spectacular. Uh, yeah, this yeah. dude Junior Chuck and this other guy. I think oh, I forgot his name. Soul Supreme or something. He won. I think. Um, but it was cool to see. And I, I remember I was talking to Junior Chuck after, and he was like, "Oh man, you know they." It was there's always those after battle talks, you know, oh, like sure, oh they sure. cut it. It was supposed to be thirty extra seconds yeah, and da da da. And I I told him I'm like yo the fact that you're even in New York, in Times Square, and that you even got to the point where you have the, like, courage to come up here and do this is, like, huge. You know what I mean? I'm like, totally. I know you didn't win and you want to win and it's all competition, but I'm like, this is super dope that you're here. Yeah. And, like, at the end of the day, we should all be proud that we're just stepping up to the challenge, like, no matter what happens. Yeah, you know, the fact sure. that we get to do it, we're so lucky and so dope. Totally. Yeah, battling is no joke. I, I did that. We Yo, did that, that was for- crazy. A number of years throughout the 90s pretty much um, right. battling's like so intense i feel like um like when i was damn now we're talking about it um when we were when i was really really locked in on competing like yeah i literally that's all i did was just try and work right. on routines like literally like you're like 12 a 14 hours or a day right that's we it. just need to work on that's specific it yeah moves. Like you practice until you can't practice anymore shut it down you wake up in the morning do your little morning 15 minute morning routine whatever God. it was and go right back to it like and you're just you're just always trying to just come up with like just new routines, like you know what right. I mean, to smash the right. competition. Like, and then and then you know, once you have that, it's about like re- refining and rehearsing, perfecting them, and then even if you perfect them to the point where it's like you can do it perfect flawlessly yeah. 99 times, you still got to get up there and do it perfect that hundred time on that stage, Which you know, in the competition itself. Like that you don't expect happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes, shaky it takes, table it takes, or some other weird things happening or anything. You know. Anything can anything yeah. can go wrong. So yeah. many things can go wrong. That's why the muscle memory is so important you know that's even what i tell my son for sports you know i'm like you're practicing for a time in the future where your body's gonna need that like muscle memory you know like it's those ten thousand hours yeah you need that second nature feeling to be able to do it because you're going to be in these crazy situations you would never picture and that's when you need your 
body to kick in Calling and be like, this is what I know what to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's crazy. What were some of the craziest battles you were a part of? That I mean, I mean, I remember, dude, honestly, like I lived up in the Bay Area for five years, like after from about 95 to 2000. Okay. And I would go to uh, Maritime Hall and all these places mm. to see a lot of shows. And I feel like. I remember, I mean, I might be wrong, but seeing Beat Junkies at ITF uh, battles they would do there. And, like, you guys would do the four-turn, almost like invisible scratch pickle Mm -hmm. type thing. Team routines. Yeah, those team routines. Um, All of them were special, um, you know, uh, for different reasons. But, um, I mean, I can remember each battle I was in from... The smallest local battles here, like, right. you know, in Southern California, L.A., Orange County areas at record stores to, you know, my first big battle, which was um, 1993. It was uh, it was called Represent. And it was basically a battle of all the UC college DJs. So all wow. the UC schools chose one DJ to send to represent their school. So it was like, and where were you from? I was from UC Irvine. Okay. So I was UCI. There was, you know, a guy from UC Riverside, UC San Diego, UCLA. Wow. So it was like, I think eight or nine of us. Um, and funny backstory behind that. I can laugh about it now, but back in the time, it's really <laughs> chat my hide. So this is 1993, right? So hear me out. So, um, there was literally each school had to pay a $50 entrance fee to support their DJ to get their DJ entered into this battle. Right, right. right. So I went to like, uh, you know, the little social club at my school that I was kind of like hanging with at the time. Yeah. I was like, hey, will you guys be down to sponsor me for this battle? I need 50 bucks. Yeah, it's 50 like, bucks. Like, oh, sorry, Mello. Like, we, can't, we don't have it. You know what I mean? I was just like, 50 bucks. All right. $50. And if you won, the first place was 500 bucks. Right. I was like, I was like, yo, if I win it, you know, we'll split it. I was like, basically stake right. me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have 50 bucks. I'm a starving college student. Like, yeah, you know, on. you know, help me out. So I just felt like they didn't want to do it. Like that, I feel like they could have came up with a 50. I'm just right. keeping it 100. Yeah. They didn't want to for whatever reason. <laughs> right. Times were tight, whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know. They had a bad month. <laughs> so my mom, God bless her. She gave me the 50 bucks. Wow. And so I, you know, submitted 50 bucks and I was in the contest and I ended up winning it. Right. I was about to say, and you then, must have won. And, right? then, and then, and then like, you know, shortly afterwards, like, you know, I go back to, to school and, and it was great. Like, of course, winning them, that was cool. Winning the 500 bucks, right. whatever. But it's like, you guys um, didn't support but it was me more, in the yeah, back of my head. I, mean, I didn't say anything, <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, of course. In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm like, like now you guys want to come and high five me and congratulate right. me. But like, where were you? I need the yeah. 50 bones, man. Exactly. Like, I could have given like, you a hundred yeah. back and still yeah, you guys cost bucks. yourselves 250. <laughs> yeah. What are you <laughs> yeah. thinking? Uh, oh, that's funny. Do you remember who else was in the battle? Uh, yeah, E-Man was in the battle. What? Um, who else? Uh, the finals, I went up against a guy named um, uh, Grimace. No, not Grimace. Oh, what was his Grimace. name? Grimace. Um, oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> uh, but there was a guy named Grimace. He was from, I think, UC Santa Barbara. That was another school. Um, there was a guy named uh, DJ AJ. Really cool cat. Um uh, became friends after the battle, but he represented for UCLA. But this is again early '90s, so this is right. you know pre-internet. So like oh, you know yeah. we were all kind of studying like you know the the DJs from the '80s, and we were all watching the DMC tapes and trying to emulate yeah. those styles. Oh yeah, '93 like, kind of was like I had just stacks of VHS tapes, you know, and I'd yeah, be like yeah. see a video of like a track or whoever, and be like, who is this person? Right, you know, this right, kid right, or right. DJ Swamp, like lighting shit on fire right right like, so I, I battled with swamp later in the in the 90s um wow. he actually won that contest that was a that was a usa dmc that was in san francisco in 96 okay and um so he took that one and then um that was the usa's he went on to the world's can't remember um if or where he placed at the world competition 
Um, but that was definitely one of the more memorable competitions. Um, and then, yeah, the team stuff with the junkies, we won the world back to back, um, 97, I'm sorry, 96 and 97, wait, 97 and 98. And then, um, yeah. And then we all kind of, kind of started, um, pursuing, like, um, we all kind of went in different directions. Like I, I was doing radio real heavy. Right. Dabu started like recording and producing DJing for dilated peoples. Yeah. With visionaries, J rock doing J rock. You know what I mean? And right. we did that for a number of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to kind of what we we're talking about battles, but, but that when we were battling, like that's all we did, like we were practicing five, six nights a week. You know what I mean? Either right. at my house or Curse's house or we were driving up to Camarillo to practice with Babu um, just to yeah. come up with these routines. And that's all we did. We like ate, slept and breathed routines, right. turntablism, scratch records, drum breaks, studying videos. You know what I mean? Dissecting like other people's routine. Like it was right. crazy. That's all we did. I mean, that's how you get to be that level. You know, you just have to put in the work. You have to study. Like, yeah, there's no sure. shortcut, you know. And mm-hmm. I think we're living in the age of people wanting shortcuts a bit yeah. or hacks or whatever. But right. that, the end of the day, hack is put in a lot of work. <laughs> you do. Practice makes permanent. You, you, yeah. You gotta yeah. Do it. Practice there's, there's makes no way, permanent. No way around it. That's dope. Yeah. yeah that's the truth. Uh, well, I mean, let's go back in time a little bit. Like, I read somewhere that you began collecting records at the age of four. And that also makes sense to see why when you watch you on Twitch, you have the biggest record <laughs> wall I've ever seen in my life. AKA the green screen. People are coming, yo, is that what's up with the green People screen? People are like, that's fan? not real, right? You're <laughs> yeah. like, that is my damn like, house. No, uh, we don't fake the funk, guys. It's a real record. Yo, like that's that. unreal. So I'm like, the only way to get that is if you start when you're four years old. But I mean, you were, so you were collecting actual records when you were four, like, well, get, not collecting but like but, my, but but starting to get be into music even yeah, you know I was, like i mean that's kind of big for a four-year-old <laughs> totally i mean uh, we didn't really have a lot um growing up um with my with my folks but um one thing that we did have uh, a, a lot of was music and so my parents right. grew up in the 60s so they got married at a very young age they got married at age 21 had me a year later so this is i was born in 73 um, so right. the early, my early birthday's tomorrow, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 50 years oh in the game. Oh my God, let's go. Happy birthday, <laughs> Melody. <laughs> thank you. Thank 50 you, bro. years in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's huge though. It's, it's so inspirational to hear that. I can't even tell you, like you said, you want to inspire people with the scratch videos, which you do, but being 50, you know, turning, turning 50 tomorrow where you are in your career and your personal life and all of it. I mean, I think it's so incredible and. It, you, you should really take a, a moment to like sort of I know. step back and look at it all and just feel so good about yourself, I you know, know because I, it's hard, man. I, I think at some point it hasn't really set in yet. Maybe tomorrow. Well, my, we woke up you this know, morning and my wife uh, jokingly tells me, uh, um, oh, uh, enjoy the last day. <laughs> What'd she say? Enjoy. the Oh, happy last day of being in your 40s. <laughs> oh my God. I got to go change my Peloton profile now to like 50s and like the whole like now I can enter like to the, 49. I can enter the seniors uh, uh, tournament at the World Series of Poker next year. Like, oh, you know wow. I mean? There's all kind of cool stuff. Like, you know, there's a lot Yo, of upside to turning 50. But, it's crazy. But no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, it's huge, man. I, I think you've you've given so much to this world and the, and the hip hop culture and the DJ culture and music itself and, and it's just so massive but beyond that being a dad being a great husband being you know just a good person on this earth you know and an amazing incredible dj is like 
it's it's huge. So thank you, and thank to be you. turning fifty, and in a way, yes, you're hitting the senior point. But I mean, it's just the <laughs> beginning. Like, who knows what is ahead of you? You know, yeah, like yeah, hopefully another. That's the 50. beauty of it. Yeah, we'll but this is really great, man, to be able to sit down and, and do something like this, like kind of around like that milestone, like that personal milestone of mine. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I. Like I told you, I just I love DJing. I love the culture, and yeah. I love having these conversations. No, it's so and, inspirational for me, and I'm sure people listening just like that's so dope. You know what I mean? I want to be not, there I'm when I'm 50. Him. I want to be in your position. So. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so going back to like uh, you know my childhood, um, my parents, um, you know, they grew up in the 60s. So my mom, um, they basically both had their own record collections. You know, when they got married, and you know, of course, they like, they bring both of those in the house. Right. So my dad, Mer- um, merge it. <laughs> yeah, my dad was into, um, you know, rock and roll. So like, uh, the Beatles and then like in the early seventies, he was into like, you know, kind of, I guess we consider it classic rock. Right. Um, and then he had like, uh, he had some oldies and stuff too, a little bit of funk, um, like Isley brothers. I remember he had like an Isley brothers album. And then like, um, my mom, um, she had a lot of, um, oldies, I guess. So like, uh, like ballads, you know, um, she had a, like a decent amount of rock and roll, um, as well, like uh, the right. Beatles, Elvis, the Beach Boys, you know, some surf music. And then throughout the 70s, um, she, well, both my parents, but I feel like it was more my mom. She got really into dance music, which was disco at the time. So, right. um, you know, then we had records like, uh, you know, Donna Sun- Summer albums, uh, Ring My Bell, stuff like that. I remember going, them taking me to the drive-in. Um, God, I remember at least three times. But I fell asleep every time. We went to the drive-in three <laughs> times to go see Saturday Night Fever. Okay. And this is uh, back in, again, the 70s. So when did that come out? 77, 78? Um, yeah. But it's I funny, remember- funny. That's what they were playing in rock and soul yesterday the whole day. The, oh, no way. Uh, Saturday Night Fever. Well, I was there the whole time. Yeah, the whole sound, the whole re- vinyl soundtrack. So of good, it. Yeah. man. Like, so good. Like, timeless. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember going to the drive-in to watch that. And back then- they would always have, well, I don't know if it was a double feature, but there would always be like a, a short film before like the main kind of, you know, feature. Right. So there was, um, it was always a black and white movie and it was all, and I would always like kind of make it through that and then start falling asleep. And then I would just doze off. But, right. Um, so anyhow, like, um, you know, um, my parents, like, you know, continuing to add to the record collection was a regular thing. Yeah. So not every weekend, but probably a good two or three times a month we would go to just different record stores around my way so yeah. like uh these stores don't exist anymore but um warehouse records we had like oh, yeah. a half a dozen local stores in the cerritos area where i grew up we had a dope store called the music box um the dude that actually owned and ran the store was a disco dj and so i would go in there with my mom and this is like early 80s like 80 81 and she would go in and she had like a short list of records that she wanted. She would go up to the counter and give her list of six, seven songs. Yo, my dude would go and he was dressed like, you know, the disco DJ had like, you know, the hairy chest with like the disco shirt, three <laughs> buttons undone with the fat gold chain. Like this dude was fly. He was on it. That's and so amazing. my mom would go and he would just go. He would turn around. He'd pull out two boxes of 45. Just bam, boom. Before you knew it, within less than a minute, she had all six records, right? Wow. This dude was on his game, like, tough. And then, so, um, I remember that store. I don't even know the dude's name, but shout out to him. And then, um, when hip-hop came out in, like, um, the early 80s, like, 83, 84, so this is, like, you know, um, Roxanne Shantae, UTFO, Fat Boys, Malcolm McLaren. Um, there were, like, Electro Records, like, Electric Kingdom, um, Egyptian Lover. Um, this guy had a small section of those records. Wow. So my mom, she would take me to the same store, the music box. She would go buy her 45s, and then she would 
you know, pay for a couple records for me. So I was kind of slowly collecting records, like, you know, maybe not as early as four. I was definitely listening and exposed to music at right. that age, but right. I definitely have like a good, probably crate, crate and a half of records. Like my, my first, my very first records that my parents bought for me. And then like that I bought for myself when I was like eight or nine years old in the eighties so and a lot of cassettes too. Yeah, there was another course. really dope record store called Tempo Records. There was oh, a yeah. warehouse, um, records in the Cerritos mall. There was a licorice pizza, another dope store back in the day in the Cerritos mall. Um, and there was a couple others um, around our. There was they a Tower a, Records. They have like a licorice pizza on Ventura Boulevard now. Oh, in, that's still in around. Studio City. Oh, they crazy. like redid it. I think because of the movie, like a movie came out oh, called okay. that. Oh, I. I'm, and then I'm not they. Even knowing. I don't know, but I drive by it all the time. Like I need to go in there and see what the hell's going on. In yeah, there. yeah. I don't know yeah. That's dope. That's licorice pizza was always yeah. a dope store. I remember Warehouse and Tempo. Yeah, sure. Tempo. Yeah, Tempo was tight. Um, yeah. And uh, I still have all those, like, all those records. Like, I still have my original copy of Nucleus Jam on it. Wow. Uh, my original 12-inch of Electric Kingdom. It's so time. Dope. Hashim, it's yeah. time. I yeah. got, like, you know, multiple copies of those. Crazy. Um, all that early stuff. Spider-D, Smurfy's Dance from, like, 82. Um, just, yeah, all, whatever records and tapes I have from back then, I still have those in my collection. And, like, when I moved um, out of my parents' house in the late 90s, um, I took, like, half of the records with me. I'm like, you guys are listening to these. Because, you know, now we yeah. had, like, they had the home stereo thing with, like, right. seven units. That, yeah. They had a CD player. Of and, course. Like, the six-disc changer. They didn't listen to records anymore. Right, like, right. Oh, Pops, do you mind? They're like, no, go ahead. Like, so You're like, I'm going to put, put these to use. Yeah, you know, I have a lot, of you guys. 40, a lot of their 45s, which are, like, those genres that I, I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, that's but tight. yeah, no, rec records have always been a part of my life since a very yeah. early age. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and like, you know, s going from that into kind of some of the stuff we touched on earlier and all the different facets of your career, you know, that have been so much like, what do you think are some qualities that make for a long career in the music business? Like specifically DJing, like, you know, your ability to go through all those different phases. Um, I think we touched on it a bit and it's caring about it, you know, in a sure. sense, but is there any other things you think that play into having a long career in the DJ world? Yeah. It's, it's crazy to talk about this because, um, you know, standing here now in 2023, you know, I, I never thought that I would be DJing this long. I never thought that it would turn into, I never really right. looked for it to be a career for me. Yeah. I never looked same. To That's make why money. it's so mind blowing. Yeah. And, and I think, I think really, and this is just my, my two cents on it. I really feel like looking back, it really comes down to kind of what we talked about, what we touched on earlier, which is having like, a true love for it and just, you know, coming from the heart, like, and of course it's okay to have, we're all human. It's okay to have those moments of frustration or, yeah. you know, not feeling, feeling it one day for whatever reason. But as I feel like as long as you have the love and the drive for, for it, anything in life, really, right. um, you're going to be great at it. You can't, it's going to be really hard for you to fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're going to love it so much. You're going to, you're going to be so dedicated to the point where when you do have those frustrating days or those major hurdles, you're going to just work through it. And it's not really yeah. going to feel like work. It's just because you want it so much, true. you know? Um, so I feel like that's number one. I feel like another thing that for me personally really worked in my favor, again, looking back was that when I started DJing, um, the DJ, DJing wasn't a thing. I mean, it was, but it was very, very underground. Like there weren't like DJing was not a thing. It wasn't like, as commercial as it is today, you weren't seeing it on TV. You weren't even hearing it on the radio. You really had to seek it out. So for me to be able to, for me to have started back then and have years of experience kind of 
already have had like a decade plus of experience, like, you know, getting into the early 2000s and already being on radio, kind of having all that underneath my belt and having done all those things really gave me a huge advantage because I was one of the DJs that I guess like kind of started earlier to where I already had like 10 plus years of equity in my name. Right. And now I'm in this pool that's, you know, 25 X 30 X the size of what it was when I started with all these other new DJs that are trying to start, you know what I mean? So I already kind of like had a head start and I had experience and I had a record collection, you know what I mean? And I had a little bit of, you know, like I said, equity to my name. I've been doing house parties. I competed. I had done radio. So I feel like that has done a lot to really, really just help me like throughout the years, just having that, that head start. And then, um, you know, a lot of other things too, there's definitely been, a lot of kind of right place, right time moments for me throughout the course of my career. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, fortunate um, things with like competing and, you know, connect and just, I just growing up out here in Los Angeles, like, right. I wouldn't have been on the radio if it wasn't for meeting Julio G and the Baker boys and Tony G. Like they're the ones that like, kind of like big brother me ushered me into the industry, you know what right, I mean? And right. then like being able to do that. I remember like getting the call from Julio, like to tell me like, I was officially going to be his DJ on the radio. This is in 96. And like, again, this is years ago. um, But obviously like before iPods and the internet or was a thing, you know, like that's all we listened. That's how we listened to music was like the CDs we had, the records we had, the tapes we had and the radio and the radio. So being on the radio back then to me, like I made it. I was like, I was like, oh my God, I can't. And that like, to me, that kind of is the timestamp in my life to where I can actually say I became a professional DJ in 1996 because I was now like supporting myself as a DJ. Right, it was your it's getting a paycheck your job. from the radio yeah. station, from KKBT, like right. every two weeks, you know, like it was just, um, it was such a great time. And then I was getting, you know, like uh, free records and everything, all the perks that came with, with being on the radio. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I feel like... Um, have really just helped me. But as far as like, um, I really feel for, for DJs now that are really trying to make a name for themselves. Um, because even if you do have, you know, the love, if you're all heart, there's just so many other things. There's so many other moving parts and variables. Now there's social media. You got to market yourself. You might have to have a YouTube channel. You, you got to have an Instagram or at least a Twitter, you know, you have to like maybe throw your own part. It's just wild, man. Like, and, and, and I think when you, bring all these other, you know, these other dozen things in that you can't really turn your back on. Yeah. That, that takes away from the time of you being able to become a dope DJ. Cause you still, you still want to be like able to play a set. Right. right? But if so, you had to do all that in your battle days, it would have been impossible. You know, I like you said, like, yes. you do your 15 minute morning routine and then you're studying breaks and doing things and practicing yeah, to the, the point where like your eyes are red and you have to go back yeah, to sleep, you know? And right. If you had to focus on all those other things, it would have been tough. So it is a whole different world. Yeah, it would have been virtually impossible, I think. But it is cool to, at at the same time, a lot of people look at those things as a burden and they are burdensome in some ways, but they're also pretty dope. Like, I think if you approach it from a genuine place an authentic place and you do what you want to do on them the mm-hmm. same way you have your youtube page and you put out that dope mix i was listening to last night you do your twitch the way you want to do it each thing all each of those social media platforms or whatever they are you know some people i think try to fit in on it or they do their thing like you're doing i think you're right. approaching it a in a more authentic way which shines through and like 
you know, you have so many people on your Twitch that just love watch. You know, the oh, the chats are amazing. Like everyone talking, and yeah, we have a good you know, time. Yeah, you've built. Sometimes like, we get a little out of line, but it's always a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I know you were describing. You're like, <laughs> we're it's talking. either organized or it's yeah, Jerry yeah, Springer yeah, show. Well, yeah, I was telling Spider uh, off air, guys. If you guys are listening, like, uh, shout out to everyone that that shout out to my brew crew that follows the the Twitch and been supporting uh, for almost the last three years. But I was telling Spider, like, I feel like my channel is very polarized because I'm either like doing all the things we're talking about, where it's just like you know like me trying to just you know dj at a high level and just really just focus on that or it's like the jerry springer show or like they're just like we're just doing shots every yeah. nine minutes but like i think at just- the end of the day it's you and people feel like they're hanging out with you they're getting this behind the scenes thing while getting to experience your talent and music you know knowledge and and hanging out with your wife I mean, she'll be on there like oh do the samples for me or yeah, yeah. you know like saying what she wants and then you guys are talking and it's like amazing to see your guys interaction <laughs> and and the music you guys like or don't like, or you know, just your conversation. Yeah, yeah. And no, it is, and it's authentic. It's us. I love you know it. What I mean, and it's um, it's it's live TV basically. Yeah. So anything goes, you know. Um, yeah, but it's it's fun. But anyhow, I'm sorry, I'm taking you off topic. Uh, no, no, it's all good. I don't know what I was saying either, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just uh, yeah, j- just just the different uh parts of, I don't know, you know, where we got to, but yeah, like um. What about, you know, we were talking about the routines and the battle stuff and, and you were saying you still work on them to this day and you'll be in there working on it. Um, and you know, like I was trying to think of a way to describe your routines and I mean, obviously they're mind blowing, um, every time it's like, how's he doing that? But they also have elements and they're complex and you know, all that, but they also have so many funky elements, you know what I mean? You have the kind of routines that people can dance to if they wanted to in a way. And, and it has that funky feeling to it. It's not so stiff or so technical to the point where it's like, okay, I'm watching like a science project type thing. Mm. Um, and you know, they're just dope all around, but I was wondering how like you approach that at first and then get it, through the process to develop it to a finished product, like your routines or anything sure, in that, sure. you know? No, there's definitely a process. Um, and it can go one of two ways. Um, you know, and these are very few and far between, but yeah. the, I've gotten lucky a few times where, you know, um, I start to work on something and then, I mean, you know how it is for anyone that's ever recorded anything, like, especially when you're on camera and yeah. you know, you're gonna, you're gonna put it out there. You yeah. Know, like this is me, this is my art. Right. Um, you know, I've gotten lucky a few times where it's like, I just nail it first take. Like, right. oh, cool. That only took me like four minutes. Like, right. cool. Just to edit it and post yeah, it up and we're that's done. That's ideal. But, uh, but to answer your question, the long answer is that, yes, there is a process, um, you know, and it always starts with the actual song or the yeah. concept. And sometimes that can come from a few different places. Sometimes it is me driving around and I hear a song that maybe I hear like some potential in or a song that I haven't heard in a while that I was like, yeah. oh, I totally forgot about this one. Like, oh, it's got this like four bar section. Like I could probably freak that, you know? Right. And then the step two is kind of like actually getting in the lab, you know, loading up the song or the record or whatever it is yeah. and starting to kind of work through it. Right. And then the third step is kind of refining it um, because the videos that I put out, I like to keep them um, at or under a minute for Instagram and for Twitter and just for attention spans in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like people like probably wouldn't be able to stomach more than 60 seconds of me doing that. So um, then it's really like, okay, I've got these nine patterns. Damn it. Let's hit the, then I, I break out the, uh, <laughs> the, the stopwatch on my phone. Right. And like right. I time myself 
And it's like, damn, this is one minute, 11 seconds. I got to, so then you got to work it down. You got to strip right. it down. It's almost like you're sequencing a song. You got the intro, you kind got the of. outro, you got the middle parts, you got the bridge. Right. And you have to piece it together. Exactly. Like putting the pieces of the puzzle together right. all within that six, 60 second yeah, time frame. Yeah, like composing it. And then once you get that locked in, you know, the, the final step is like recording it and like, you know, just getting a take that you're happy with. And, yeah. And that's it. But again, that that's kind of like the the process, Um, you know, the long and short Dope. of it. But yeah. um, but that all that all comes from that's crazy. I, this never really occurred to me until we're talking about it. I think that that approach comes from the battle days. Yeah, um, and I never really thought of it like that because it was very similar format with battles like DMCs. You had six minutes. That was it. Yeah. You had the dude. If anyone's ever watched an old DMC video, like you got the dude coming up like in their face. Okay, thirty seconds. They give you like the thirty seconds. Like yeah. So you had to kind of like you had to map out like your whole routine and make sure that you were within. You right, know, six minute time frame. Same thing with like a ITF head yeah. to head battle. You had ninety seconds, or maybe like some of those rounds were sixty seconds. That's it. So right, I think yeah, yeah, sublimity. That's crazy. I know I that is kind of it was training you for the internet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My people, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like you know the internet. Like people complain about like oh it's just those little sets. Those people can't do anything. But it's like there's a time and a place for each thing. You totally, know? totally. Um, and 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 I appreciate like I mean it doesn't have to be like I'm a fan of everything like. You know, yeah. anything that's dope, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I've seen like um things that like, you know, to us, you know, experienced DJs, vetted DJs that are simple, like taking like an acapella, putting it over a beat. Maybe you're adding in like a couple cuts here and there. Right. You know what I mean? But there's there's flavor in that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's dudes that like just post like the, and these are like three minute videos or like right. you know, two of them just doing a blend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. but they're you know, they're they're getting creative with like the cue points or they're rearranging the vocals somehow yeah. or adding some flavor with cuts and stuff right. like that. So to me, there's a skill in that. You know what I mean? Like what you're doing, like I'm a fan of podcasting. Like it's not easy like to be in your seat and sit down and like yeah. talk to like a different DJ that has a different right. background, different history every week. You know what I mean? For sure. So there's, there's a skill. There's an art in, in what you do too. Yeah, you know what I mean? And of course, man. Yeah. And I've had to learn. It was the same kind of thing. They were like, can you do this? I'm like, I think so. And then as I start doing it, I'm like, oh, there's actually like, this isn't just sit down and be like, what's up, bro? You right. know, no, like, no, no. I've like, tried yeah. that a few times and then it ends up being a weird conversation. And like. Yeah. Yeah, like you do research, you prepare, you make a set almost like, and then right. you adjust the set as you go right, and right. read the crowd or read the yeah. conversation or, you know, I've had to learn how to do it more and timing, you know, because you look down like, oh, we've been talking for like an hour. It feels like it's been 10 minutes, you know, so right. you have to like keep track of all that and um yeah, definitely. It's funny because no matter what I do in my life, I relate it back to DJing one way or another. So it's like if I'm doing a podcast or anything I'm doing, like my son playing soccer, like my only way to relate to any of the things he does is through DJing, you know? So if they lose a game, you know, I can only relate it to like having oh, a horrible had a bad game. Night. You had a bad yeah, night. Sorry, like, son, you had a bad set. Yeah, you got to get back up. But in yeah. a way, there are all these same life lessons that go, yeah, you know? and totally. like. And and DJing comes from hip hop and comes from just making things happen out of nothing, yep. and and like you're taking literally two vinyl records, even pre digital, you know, and making. I mean, there's an infinite amount of patterns and sounds and things that you can make out of that, which is the beauty of music, and you know, it's our closest thing we can get to like infinity, you know, in this thing as a kid where you're like infinity, oh, it's this crazy like concept but in reality that's what music is it goes on forever and i know a lot of people copy each other but that's that's why djing is so dope it, there's infinite 
patterns and right. and things and combinations yeah. and it's an and art, people are man. taking yeah. the same acapellas and putting more of the same instrumentals but in a different way and like right. you said doing the cue points different and yeah. Yeah. i'm sure with the school you know your dj school you probably see a lot of things and end up learning from people you teach which is such totally. a dope full circle thing it totally totally is i mean and, and even i mean again going back to kind of like the 50 years of hip-hop like when you really think about it what we do as djs like even going back to like a Technics 1200 turntable, right? Yeah. Technics 1200 turntable was not designed so that we could do what we do, right? No, if you, they if probably you, weren't even cool with it for like 20, 30 years. Technics <laughs> 1200 was uh, basically like uh, supposed to be like a, a high grade, like elite turntable for you to listen to your records. Right. Like for all the DJs that bought like you know, some baller person in their house, like, yo, I got the yeah. good turntable. I got like the one with like the, the sick tone arm. Yeah. It's got the height adjustment. It's got the weight on the back. Like it comes with this, like, you know, stylus. Like, right. But if you remember, I guess buying, what was the point of the pitch back then, though? It was like, I know, right? Like, the only thought, like, did people really need to wanna, hear their record anywhere between plus and minus 8%? Right. Well, I think that was something that they prop that was ad adopted um, through their previous models because some of the, the previous techniques turntables had pitch control. I never had right. one but like i've seen some and like talked to other djs that came before me like yeah. pitch control was a thing before the 1200 so i feel like they ca that carried over right i'm, I wonder I'm speculating why i wonder if maybe it was because the turntables would start slowing down or speeding up by themselves and you'd be able to adjust it yourself or something because yeah. how on vhs we used to have those tracking right right things right, and right you would right, have to adjust if your thing got old or, yeah, yeah oh so maybe God, it was just because VHS. things started to deteriorate or yeah, something yeah yeah no or maybe like uh it. this is before my time too but like uh, going back to the 70s, like, you know, the discos in New York and whatever clubs were happening, like, yeah, anywhere, I guess they were like, DJing. to speed up. They weren't, I don't think they were mixing, but I know they were at least fading records yeah, in true. and out. So maybe that, yeah. you know, kind of Just where, to have it in the same Yeah, zone. in the same pocket, like where pitch control might right. have been born. I'm speculating, maybe. but... It's interesting. But, I wonder if anyone knows the answer to that. I know, right? <laughs> Somebody out there does. Yeah. But like, we, if you ever bought a brand new Techniques 1200, right? It comes with like that thick ass rubber slip mat. <laughs> yeah. It comes with that giant plastic case to cover your turntable. Like, right. That's kind of how home stereos were back. I mean, I remember like when yeah. I was a kid, like just you protected your equipment. The on. Yeah, yeah. And it was just to listen to your records. So like, yep, totally. You know, um, DJing like that came from from hip hop like you know from the art from the create the yeah, creatives like exactly. someone figured out like I don't need this like four inch thick rubber slip man I can't scratch like yeah I'm just gonna cut out like a twelve inch like you know circle of paper from this album right. this Queen record or whatever and use that because it's like less resistance yeah and, like, oh and I can use this to actually mix beats like you know what I mean and if I put a nickel on top of the needle it won't skip when I scratch the record you know yeah. what I mean like so just all these innovative like things that that came that were born like through the years to me like that's that's a big part of of our culture as djs like of hip-hop history so i i think in um you know again talking about kind of 50 years of hip-hop and like you said all the things like that have been like all the celebrations and all these little yeah you know blurbs and things like it just made me think about all these little things um, um that are so dope because without all the little things, all the big things, all the kind of like modest sized things in between, like DJing and hip hop wouldn't be where it is today in 2023 without all those contributions. So yeah. I really just like, uh, I've been reflecting a lot like uh, the last week, you know, and just again, seeing all these posts and just thinking a lot about like just, you know, the decades past and just all of my influences and just DJs and the DJ homies yourself and just like, oh man, I just, uh, I'm just so grateful to be here. Yeah. Celebrate. No, like. me too. It's so, it's so cool. And it's, and it's cool to see some of the founders, you know, cool Herc is there, you know, at the 50th at, at Yankee stadium and, 
um, people are able to pay their respects, you know, face to face. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like Biggie. Like, you never thought, who would have thought hip hop took it this far? far. But yeah. it's like, for real, like, whenever you hear that line now, it's very much like, yeah. wow, rings yeah. true, you know? Yeah. I actually did um, a couple streams. I did one on Friday, which was August the 11th. Um, it, was like a, it ended up being like a five-hour stream, but I was just, I wanted to do something to celebrate the 50 years. <clears throat> so, um, you know, obviously just like dedicated the whole stream to, to hip hop. And um, for the first time in a while, I um, I actually went to like my vinyl vault behind me and just, I, I mean, the majority of the stream was just me playing records um, and just kind of telling the backstory behind each record, you know, That's so dope. maybe where I, I bought it that. or, you know, hey, I yeah. found this one in Japan or J-Rock brought me this Pete Rock 12 inch, you know what I mean? From overseas back in the late night. So like uh, just, you know, again, sharing kind of the history behind it. And like uh, it was very nostalgic. And um, I did another one on uh, on Sunday, um, just kind of like as a follow up. But um, yeah, I found myself just really just kind of like, uh, again, just kind of like reflecting a lot and like just a lot of like, um just looking back um, on just all the things and just, it really has like flown by so fast. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I mean, like I can remember you like sitting there listening, like in the late seventies, listening like on my dad's like stereo home stereo system, listen to his Led Zeppelin four album. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, Dan, like in the blink, like we're here in 2023 and it's, it's, right. it's just so crazy to say um, 50 years. Um, but it's, 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 it's just so dope, man. And it's just, and again, I just, I love it all. Like I, and I appreciate all of it. You know I mean? I can find like, I can really like appreciate kind of like the, the flavor and, and the grace, like in everything, like I said, whether it's, you know, a podcast or like a new school DJ or even like, a, um, what's the, uh, James hype. Like, yeah. I've seen some dude that dude is that dude is amazing. Like if he's really doing all that stuff on four decks with, yeah. it looks like he is like, no, he is. I don't use yeah. CDJs. He, he, like he came on the podcast yo. and I got to talk to him and, he loves it, man. I mean, he was an open format DJ. He was DJing in pubs, you know, in the in England and like middle of nowhere and just like doing his own parties and doing these super long sets and playing all kinds of music. And I think he just realized where he wanted to go with it. And um, you know, in a way it's kinda how A Track was pushing that. Like, I'm in the dance music scene, but I'm bringing real DJing and yeah. I'm doing that. And I think he has his own version of that, you know, where he's coming up with tricks and doing that. And, and I see other DJs doing that. There's that dude, um, he used to have another name, but now he calls himself, I think it's a long story short or something, but mm. he's been doing some crazy transitions and here's how you use math, you know, to get from 128 to 174. And I'm like, damn, I wouldn't even have thought of that. Like the way he was doing it in the three fourths and he's doing crazy mathematical oh, equations, right, right, you know, right. to get uh -huh. to these change tempos. Uh, yeah. Change yeah. tempos and just doing some ill utilizing the equipment, you know, right. all the new options we have, you know? And then, yeah. I mean, now that we have stems and, um, oh my crazy, God, man. There's, yeah, there's yeah. so much it's, stuff. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Like, I like, love it's, it. It's really, endless. but I love, I love, you know, you're so good at literally going from the day one stuff, like you said, pulling a record from your wall to then utilizing the newest stuff, you know. And I think that's what you need to be to be a teacher like you as well in the Beat Junkie school. And shout mm. out to my shirt. Yeah, I, shout I out to your shirt. School, thank you, thank you, know? you. Yeah, yeah oh, my sure. God. I, I got this shirt the day <laughs> the day I got this shirt. <laughs> I went into your school and uh, – I remember halfway wishing you guys were all there, but also not because then I was going to have to scratch in front of you guys. <laughs> and then uh, Babu was just in there cutting, and I'm like, shit, I'm so happy to see him, but I don't want to scratch in front of him. No, that's what <laughs> But I ended for, up man. going in the big... Uh, the Lontagon. Lontagon yeah. and, and having a cut session with everybody yeah. from just uh, other you know peers to and Babu to like students and 
oh my god it was you know burned in my mind vividly but it was so much fun and you know i got some shirts but just to see what you guys were doing and that was towards the beginning of it so to see where you guys have brought it um you know is super dope so yeah Yeah. i definitely want to get into that but just to touch on the streaming stuff a little more like you know i mean and just the pandemic i guess like everything changed right like we we, I mean, you weren't streaming before the pandemic, right? No, no, I wasn't. No. And I feel like that sort of changed DJing, like the pandemic. I mean, we were talking about it before, just it changed our family dynamic. It changed so many things, but it brought this streaming thing into the fold, which is so dope. It gave us even more DJ homies, and we were connected to so many more people around the world now. Yeah. Um, and so streaming is still a big part of your life, right? I mean, like you said, you just did two streams this past weekend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like where do you see that going within your life, I guess, and then within the DJ culture as a whole? Do you think it, it'll keep going? Are you always going to be doing it? And yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely here to stay. Um, I know that, um, and I and I, I tease like my friends like a lot, uh, my DJ homies, because like that was like the one thing that one of the one of the things that I really really enjoyed about it was the fact that. Um, all the homies were on. You were you were streaming at one yeah, point. Yeah, I was doing I every week. In when I was like, "Holy smoke!" You have the. I thought that was your real record collection. Now, if you remember one night, I was like, "Yo, no, of course like, I remember." Yo, got I was records, like embarrassed because I was like, "I was like for sure people know there's a green screen." And then I did it. I'm like, "Melody D just asked me if it was real. I feel like a poser." <laughs> no, I was probably like a few beers in or whatever, so it looked real. No, no, like, no. it did that look real. I worked really balls, hard like, to make it look real. It, it was like you were saying, "We're I'm gonna put my full effort into anything we're doing, and if it's a Twitch stream." I'm gonna try to make it yeah, super dope, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I tried to make it look super real at all the lights, and you're like, "Is yeah, it real?" real. I was like, like "No, Spider's got a sick lab." Holy <laughs> shit! I don't like, know what that I was. Knew. I found that on some website, but I'm like, oh, wherever right that on. is, it's so dope. Yeah, yeah, you that know, looks super too tight, many though. DJs or no, something. Tight, or, but, yeah. um, but no, I, I, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed was just um, because, um, especially now, I, I almost never go out. Right? I just right. like I just I'm comfortable at home and yeah. Busy I know. I saw you just DJ bungalow or something. Oh yeah, I did that recently. Yeah, that was a lot of fun cool. shout out to Brent Bolthouse that was fun and Jen yeah, yeah OG Jen the OG um, OG you know they yeah. were from the AM days and now yeah. they're killing it with the bungalow yeah they're doing very well with the bungalow so that yeah. was like their newest location they opened up uh, around my way down in Long Beach so yeah, yeah. shout out to them um, but like the the one of the my favorite things about the platform was um Again, obviously, no one was able to go out. Like, kind of like right. you said, like we the reset button got hit. Like we oh, were yeah. all on this level playing field. Like everything was closed, and so yep. that was like a way for for me to hang out with the homies. Like totally, I would finish my show at whatever time I finish, and then I would raid into Fashion. Yep. And Fashion would be just like doing his thing, and then yeah. he would raid into Deluxe, and then like Deluxe would end at like three thirty, and somehow you were on at three thirty in the morning yeah. for whatever reason. I don't and know why. So I end up I end up <laughs> up all just like watching the homies and listening to the homies DJ because. Like that, I mean, that's just like you can't you can't possibly go to like see Spider and see Eric Deluxe and see Fashion and see no. Grand Funky all in one night. Like it's just it's just not happening. No. So like, and especially being older and having families and working now, we never get to see each other DJ. So yeah, yeah. When we get to go to an event, it's like everyone's together. It's like the greatest. Yeah. So that is what Twitch and the internet was totally, you know and totally. is with streaming it's like a virtual hangout right but also it's cool i feel like i still see four color zach doing it like every week and zach, yeah. i feel like in a way like i saw him in san jose last weekend and we got to talk in person and 
he was like, I get my rocks off on Twitch, you know, and then I can just do Vegas and play the straight ahead shit. And um, it's kind of cool to have an outlet musically and I'm sure make a little bit of money from and sure. still create the community that can support you if you are going to do other live events or different things. You know, you're still building that worldwide community um, yeah. in a way, even if it I don't know, you know, maybe some people still make a good living off it or I don't know where the money is, you know, right, within right. the Twitch world at yeah, this point. Yeah. But um, but it's cool to see the community that's built, you know, and, and DJs able to express themselves and almost just like owning their own nightclub and just doing yeah, it, you know. Yeah, and you can just like, you know, you can show up and DJ when you want. Yeah. I think another cool thing that really came out of it, um, and this was one that really like resonated with me, was that, okay, like, you know, when we all took to streaming, right? Um, and first of first of all, we all had to figure out the tech side, right? We all had to get whatever oh, we yeah. had to get. I so had to get much. a brand new PC. Like I've been a Mac user my whole life, yeah, so that same. was like stressful, right? I had yeah. to go out and get a sound card and buy a few cameras, and like I had to get a new laptop. So I spent like you know racks, like just to get all this set up, right? Yep. And then get it off and running. Um, um, but one thing that was really cool that I think still like you know um, holds true to this day is that. You know, when prior to streaming, anyone could walk into a big room nightclub, anyone could walk into a bar or a restaurant that had a DJ and probably never really, I'm talking about just the the masses, yeah. probably never really paid much attention to the DJ. Right. Like outside of like, oh, he's playing my cut or like maybe walks by the DJ booth and like kind of just, you know post up for like a minute or two and just kind of watches him do his thing and then is like you know off to like yeah. sit down with his dinner party or off to of his table or whatever well with streaming now you're forced to watch us like do like dj actually dj yeah like you're forced you're not forced but if you're watching dj spider stream and he's doing a two-hour stream sure he's playing music but now you really get a bird's eye view an up close and personal look at him actually dj right mix two records totally work the pitch controls match the beats transition yep. in and out and talk over it and you get that like little splash of personality too and i think that's something exactly. that that really really i think in a good way brought um a really nice shine a really nice nice light on what we do as djs it yeah. actually like i think kind of helped people appreciate what we do as djs like the work totally. that actually gets put in as yeah. opposed to us just being like in a corner you yeah. know, booth somewhere or like and being just, able to be human beings like you said just like have a personality and talk to people because when you're in a club you're we can't yeah. have those conversations you, can't, you, you know? don't get that level of you can't even hear each other's voice a lot of the time right, you know right, let right. alone have a long conversation or make a joke or like totally something you know yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't come across uh, thanks for the 500 bits or whatever yeah. you don't even you can't you can't like you know i know that's a funny thing sometimes i try to put twitch on now like just to have in the background and it's dope but i wish there was like a function to like turn off the mic like sometimes i just want to hear, hear a dj music. dj yeah, yeah and then the whole time like hey bro oh thanks for the thing hey <laughs> oh okay you know we're doing this hey what are we doing you know yeah, i'm like yeah, shut yeah. up yeah, i love yeah, you yeah. man but yeah just, but this is my cut right here like, yeah sometimes i just want to have just a music one you know, know. I'm, I'm guilty like, of that too though sometimes like no I'll, you have to that's the game of it that's the thing but sometimes i wish there was like a function where it could be yeah. like choose your own adventure like i want to hear this dj play but i don't want to hear necessarily all the banter of the right, twitch back right. and forth even though that's part of the it, reason and that's what i was just gonna say like and, and sometimes you know how it is man you you streamed it's um yeah it's weird it's it's um it's awkward being in an empty room you know, talking to a camera, yeah. not getting anything back like verbally, but you're getting it back like virtually in the, text, in yeah. the chat. So sometimes a lot of times I get inside my own head where, OK, you know what? 
they've heard me talk. I need to stop yapping. Like, let's just play some music. Let me yeah. just like run like four or five records. But then like the whole time, like I'm in my head, like thinking, oh man, like I'm, kind of, I feel like I'm ignoring them. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. Like, like, that was what so I would it's, go it's through weird. too. It's weird. It's like a weird balance you kind of have to, and I'm still working on it. You know what I mean? But, yeah. um, but I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And, and for me personally, like streaming, it's really spoiled me now to where like I'm ultra selective about the gigs that I play because I'm having so much fun. Like, like I said, just like, playing like music that i grew up on playing music that that i really want to hear yeah and some days that's classic hip-hop some days that's like indian new wave some days it's classic rock some right. days it's 80s r&b right and so like the people that show up like guess what you guys get to like listen to what i feel like hearing yeah. today so thank you for being down and sticking around right. you know so it's hard to go from that to going back to doing the two-hour thing at omnia you yes. know what i mean like no that's no you know diss or slap no omnia, no of but, course like, but, it's but there's just a, a different for, there's thing. a format to that you yeah know what i mean you kind of have to that's like you know there's a format you have to play to the room right you know what i mean you got to try and please you know how it is like, yeah please a little bit of everybody um for sure but there's there's a skill in that too you know what i mean but it's um you know, so it's kind of like a, a blessing and a curse for me because, like, it's a blessing in the sense that I get to DJ the way I want to DJ. Um, I wouldn't say it's a curse, but, like, the the downside is, sure, you make a few bucks off of it, which is nice, you know what I mean? But it's it's not the money that I would get from jumping on a plane, flying to right. wherever, you know what I mean? Like, spending, like, 30 hours in this other city, yeah. rocking for a couple hours and coming back home. But then I come back home exhausted. I got to jump through, like, 11 hoops to figure out who's going to get the kids to school and who's going to bring my daughter to the gymnastics thing. Right. So there's that trade-off, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now, like, the live gigs that I do do – because the way I want to DJ is very niche and I'm, I'm almost being kind of greedy about it. Cause like yeah. I do, I do get offers, but I do like respectfully kind of decline the majority of them. Right. I really just want to do the things like the Russell Peters gig where like I get the call from Russell, like, yo Russell, what do you need me to do? He's like, yo, that shit you do at home, like on your channel, do that. Like right. do that. Okay. Word. I'm in, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like an hour set. You know what I mean? But those are very, far and few between like uh, because right. the way i want to dj is very niche yeah. you know what i mean so to speak i don't dj every week right like, live you know what i mean i might dj live like eight ten times a year you know what i mean yeah. and it's not always at a party or a club um i recently did a, a project for paramount pictures an event called CinemaCon, and they literally oh. hired me to do a five minute set on vinyl right <laughs> okay but this was um I, this was at the uh the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. So I'm playing like for 3,500, you know, uh, major motion picture, you know, movie executives, like wow. suits, right? So Five it's very- Five minutes? Yeah. So let, let me like- Why? So, and again- So short. There's, right, you would think, but this was a very, very curated- Five minutes, right? Okay. So this started with them sending me, and they wanted this all on vinyl. They wanted it to be like a 90s kind of wow. like throwback thing. So this started with them sending me a list of 20 records, right? Okay. And then me kind of going to my collection, like, okay, I have most of these. And then me pulling out like six or seven, I'm like, okay. And then experimenting with them a little bit. Right. These are the things I think I can work that will kind of fit like what you're looking for. Yeah. Recording something, sending it. So it ends up being this like month-long correspondence back and forth back and forth me sending them a couple of different takes right the last take i sent them was um an overhead i just sent them a, a five minute video of like it was like five records it was like kid and play busta rhymes um skilo they wanted skilo i wish and i can't remember the fourth song and then i did like a little 30 second scratch thing acapella one turntable thing at the end 
So I sent them an overhead video. I was like, let me just show them what it looks like so they're not staring at me the whole time. Right. They they liked it so much that um and this this was cool that what they decided to do was for the actual performance, they had a drone hover over me with the the, wow. with the camera that would send the video feed to the screen behind me so that the people up top, like in the nosebleeds, could see what I was doing. Wow, like they were just so watching dope. the overhead the whole yeah. time. And it's me like flipping records, like really sticking to that five minute. Right. Like, it was a hard five minute ceiling, not 502, not yeah. 504. Like I was cut off at five minutes because there was a dude that had to come out and make the speech. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Like, just exact. At a 5 a.m. like uh, call, call time to be on stage. And it was it was wild. So I do this set, right? The, the actual performance. And um, it was so cool. Like the whole, like I heard like just claps and like whistle whistles and yeah like i was like wow like people were actually paying you know how it is like in those corporate environments yeah. sometimes people are just on their phones yeah or, they don't care you know, they it's don't nine know in the happening. morning they're just waking up like they got yeah. one eye open they're drinking the coffee but like they were like super locked in and it was like That's it was so such dope. a dope feeling man it was just um it, it was awesome so it was a lot of work that went into it like i said it was like a month-long thing like going back and forth with right you know the the people over the folks over at paramount but it worked out and um they were super happy i was super happy it was I feel like it was well received in the moment. So yeah. stuff like that, you know what I mean? I'll do yeah. stuff like that. But again, that's maybe once a year, maybe twice. Maybe they'll call me back again. For, I don't yeah. know, but you know what I mean? But yeah. um, but it was, but, it was I mean, a memorable. You're doing something you love and you're happy about it and you're bringing your true uh, self and talent, you know, to that. And uh, it's like a challenge that you love, you know, so yeah. it'll, something good will come out of it. That's so dope. Yeah. It was, what was it? Like, what it was, was the Paramount? Was just so they um so this event CinemaCon oh um, CinemaCon it's like a week long thing and um my understanding of it is it's a conference and it happens every year and they give you know x number of you know the major motion picture companies they give them all a one hour slot to kind of present their forthcoming thing for the year so this was back in March of this year so it's kind of like you know each company oh, okay. gets up and talks about hey we have this movie coming out we have that movie right. coming out so they had um. I haven't seen it, but I the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I guess they 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 redid. Oh yeah, but I, I guess I, I actually just DJed the um, the family event uh, launch screening party for it because they can't. It's all, all the actors are on strike, so they're not doing the movie premieres. Oh, right, right. Um, but they had me at um, Paramount actually, and I did out here the because out the here. soundtrack is nuts. Like they sent me the soundtrack, and it's like anti up. Like there's like a right. grave digger song. So it's got like '90s hip hop. Yo, like like real '90s hip hop. Like right. I was like, what? Can I kick it? Was one of the, yeah. the big songs, right? Yeah. So that's what kind of sparked the idea for them. So the way it was explained to me was that this was one of the features that they wanted to talk about in the presentation, right? And they thought it would oh. be really cool to tie in a DJ playing '90s hip hop on oh, vinyl so because there's this '90s, and right. then my five minute thing was going to segue into the dude talking about, hey, Teenage Mutant Ninja turtles coming out august oh, how 2023 so. yeah so i just did it like two weeks ago oh, i dj so the thing and they were like yeah we want to hire you to come play 90s hip-hop for a kids event and i'm like what and they go we got to make sure it's all clean which i was like of course a little tough because i was never on radio i don't have clean versions of any of this yeah, stuff yeah. you know so i had to search and uh shout to you know Boston different records and yeah, yeah like yeah. uh but it was so much fun i think i played for an hour or hour and a half it was somewhat short for these kind of sets too and it was right before the movie 
but I took all the songs from the movie and then mixed them with songs that we know are in the same sure. vein right, that right, right. also would be fun for kids and, you know, naughty by nature and just yeah. like, like, like the you said, the ski low stuff, yeah. like stuff that's fun and that, and it was cool. I got to have my wife and kid there and my kid standing next to me. I'm playing DOS effects, you know, remix. And he's like, what song is this? You right, know, right, and, right. I'm like, so I got to, in a way, teach him. You could see all the other dads and moms that were there that were like, oh, I like this song. I remember they were looking at me like, oh. (laughs) Um, But it was cool. And I watched the movie and, like, the whole soundtrack. The movie was hilarious, actually. I was so impressed. It's actually good. Like, Seth Rogen did it. The writing was good. The the voices were good. It was really funny. Like, so many 90s references. So, like, for us to watch it, it was like, oh, shit, this is great. And then all the soundtrack, I couldn't believe they licensed all those. You know, I'm playing Annie up like at a kids event I definitely did not think you know (laughs) the uh, clean version of course of course with all those dope sounds in it though I remember hearing the clean version of Annie up when it came out and I was like oh that's cool they put those like DJ Primo even though I know he didn't make the beat but a lot of people thought he did tone or like yeah yeah, it would do that weird sound yeah the curse words yeah yeah pretty dope yeah, that's dope that's crazy oh man. that's so funny so yeah, cool connection yeah, yeah totally man <laughs> they they had i recorded my mix too and i and because they were like that was dope so i ended up recording it and making a private link on soundcloud and i sent it to the people from the movie and uh oh, they sick. were all happy you know yeah, afterwards yeah. yeah um but that's so funny yeah i mean and i had this kind of conversation after that it's dope people our age or into our type of our type of things are now in charge of things like that They're at the and top will, level it's crazy yes. right and yeah. so they will bring us in for that right. kind of thing so right. the kind of things that when 20 30 years ago were like oh i'd never get hired for that i'm a hip hop dj right. now those people are in charge and right. they're bringing us in yeah, and it's yeah, so yeah. cool and we're able to utilize the skills that we practiced and developed so long ago yeah. and bring it in you know and i'm up there doing for, doubles yeah. and yeah totally it's a subject for them and it's fun yeah. but they want to have make it fun right. too you know what i mean and so. then we're able to teach the kids and and that's what we keep talking about this episode but you know that's what you do and that's what yeah you know you're building this whole army of amazing you know children who and 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 just people and not even just kids but uh i guess dj school scholars DJs, you know yeah, yeah aspiring djs that that will go out and have amazing taste and know you know do it for the right reasons and learn from the beat junkies you know the Word. the top people to learn from Thanks. so yeah yeah that's so dope yeah um yeah teaching's great um it's um I was just talking about this the other day. Um, I actually just finished uh, an online course, a six-week course uh, called Intro to DJing. That we, it's a course that we've taught in person at our school, okay, at Beach Junkie Institute of Sound, since we opened the doors, right? But we, um, for the first time, um, we offered it online. So I was kind of like the guinea pig. I stepped up and taught. Okay. So this course met. I every... saw you guys do the promo. I don't know if that was the promo video from oh, it, but it was yeah, really yeah. Fun, funny. <laughs> yeah, it was almost yeah, like yeah, a yeah, Wes the, Anderson right, movie right, or right, something. Like in that style. Like Rhett Maddock was like a cardboard yeah, cutout. Yeah, and he was yeah, falling over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was really good. I don't know who made thanks, that, thanks, but I was like, this is like movie quality good. Thanks, thanks. So yeah, that was it. Was that course? And uh, okay. this course met every Saturday at 11 a.m. PST for anywhere from an hour to two hours. And, and met where? Like Zoom? Virtually. So we have a, a private platform. and um, you So know, you have students, like a system you use that, not Zoom, but like your own right, private Right, it's a platform, platform called Teachable. And so oh. we created like our own custom page. It's wow. basically similar to Twitch, okay. but it's more kind of like geared towards like teaching, whether that's a cooking thing or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Wow, how cool. Construction or like in our case, DJing. Okay. So um, yeah, I finished teaching this course and... Um, 
I was telling our students, so it was five weeks of instruction. And then this past Saturday, uh, we call it kind of like the course final. Um, We give, we basically, it's an intro to DJing. So we talk about basic music theory. Uh, We talk about kind of the equipment. The first class week one was just like a really extensive overview of Serato. So it was a lot of screen sharing and like showing them how to set cue points, loops, you know, being able to kind of like identify what is what. And does that curriculum come from your guys' experience of what you developed for the school and what you've learned works or not in person and then you've brought it to the online version? It's our unique curriculum that we've all kind of like, you know, contributed to over the years. Right. Just kind of refined um, year Because I'm sure it's hard to even figure out how to convey. I've done some private DJ lessons and I felt like an idiot at first because They'd be like, well, how do you do this? And I'm like, you know, you, you just, just put your hand and do your hand, right. you know? And then I'm like, I can't even right. explain this. Right. And I'm like, you know, you just go like back and forth, you know? Right. And then I'm like, fuck, I need to actually think about it. Exactly. And describe. I'm exactly. like Googling like how to describe. Right. So I was, I was just going to get into that. It's funny you bring that up. It's so hard, right? this course um, was five weeks of instruction. And then the, the sixth class, which was this past weekend yeah last saturday was them they all have to submit like a a three minute video of them kind of like showing what was taught what was covered and is there a certain amount of people in the class yes there was a like you had to cut it off at no it was a, it was a small group i think it was eight of eight of them okay and so um but could you have like what if a hundred people signed up like would then you we would have had to, to break that? it up we would have oh. to break it up yeah because um, you like, do individual like you're like hey so we posse up like in the zoom chat like we, we we create a zoom link right and so um and you can personally help and talk and give feedback to each person right well this is just for the last class oh um, okay. the first the first class the first five classes are me kind of just like like on twitch it's like me being streamed on camera with the overhead and and they're, know, they're taking notes. And they're just, yeah, but we have the live chat. Like, I'll stop. So they can ask and be like, yeah, wait, what happens if the needle explodes? Like, and I always like, tell them, okay. like, there's no such thing as a dumb or silly question here. It's right. just like, safe okay. space. Like, ask away. You know That's what I mean? So Don't cool. be bashful. So, um, but the last class is where we meet up on Zoom. They all, we give them a pack of like a, like a, what do you call that? A Dropbox link of like 10 yeah. records, right? Right. And they have to basically transition from record A to record B. And then they have to have to transition from record B into a drum, a drum break, a break beat. Okay. And then they have to execute no less than an eight bar scratch solo, just okay. using two techniques that we, that we've taught, which are the baby scratch and the release scratch. Right? right. So all in all, it comes out to like a two and a half, three minute video, but they send us these videos. And then on the final class, we watch them one at a time. And then, you know, we, we offer them feedback. You know right. what I mean? We talk to them about, we just dissect the routine, you know yeah. what I mean? So at the end of this last class, getting to my point, I told them that, um, it's just as fulfilling for us as instructors because prior to us teaching, I know for us, speaking on behalf of the Beat Junkies, yeah. these are things, and you can probably attest to this, like whether it's something super technical or a scratch or the way you came up with to kind of cleverly transition between a record, yeah. these are things that we've never had to or even cared to put into words. <laughs> right. Once you start teaching, you have to really, really sit down with literally a pen and paper or open the notes page on your phone and begin to articulate all these concepts that we've been executing for decades, which was like the biggest challenge. But in doing that, that has made us all better DJs because even from the most rudimentary things like a baby scratch, which is just two motions a forward and a back to yeah. something a little more advanced or complex. Like maybe what I do on IG it's helped us 
understand what we've been doing all these years. Right. I'm dropping not on the one, I'm dropping on the two and. Yeah. One and two and on the oh, up. Oh, right, right. Right? Little things like that that we never thought yeah, about. Never we just would I did. be able to even explain that with a two right, and. You're right. right. In my head, I know I drop it a little early or in between the two beats, right, but right. I you can't never, ever explain that. Right. Oh, so, wow. like, and it's That's made cool. us better DJs because yeah. now it's like when we're doing, I know what I'm you doing. Know what you're I can doing. explain yeah. what I'm doing, right? Right. <laughs> and going back to a funny story, I had a similar experience years ago in Vegas. This is like 2008 or nine. There was a guy, um, Matt. He played for um, what's the UK soccer, uh, the soccer team. He played for um, the English soccer team. Uh, I forget Arsenal. But he, he, okay, but anyway, uh, he played for the 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 team for for England soccer team. Manchester. Maybe it's Manchester. Manchester, Manchester United. United. Yeah. Manchester. But in his City. off season, he had a property in Vegas in Summerlin, and he would okay. come to Vegas to chill for like two months, right? Right. And he used to come to Body English like every weekend. Like if he was in town for like ten weeks or whatever it was, oh, wow. he would come every weekend. So finally, like his second season, we got friendly. He would come in the booth and hang. Yeah. He was like, "Well, you come by my house and teach me how to." how to DJ. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm down. So I go to his house in Summerlin and he has two turntables, two techniques. And I forget what kind of mixer. It was a decent enough mixer to where I should be able to teach him. And I did the same thing. I brought over like two copies of rock the bells and I'm trying to just teach him how to scratch. And I couldn't explain it. Right. And he gave me like 200 bucks and I felt so bad. I was like, dude, I can't take your money. Like just whatever. Let me get this figured out and I'll come back. <laughs> I never went back, but I was like, wow, I can't even explain this man. Right. Like this is wild. I've been DJing for like 20 yeah. years and I can't even like explain the most basic thing. Like, it's but so it's because a lot we learned a lot from either studying visually like the um tapes you know vhs tapes or just hearing like i would just listen to dj Premier and try to make the sounds of that he would do on the record or babu on dilated peoples or whatever like over and over and over like how can i do it and then right. i'd get close and i'd start figuring it out but no. i almost didn't know what i was doing right even when i figured it out right. i just knew in my head how to move my body that right because it was all instinct instinct yeah right? it's all yeah. rhythm it's all muscle memory mechanics right. you know what i mean um just flushing those yeah. things out you never think about yeah having to explain it or put it but you're words. right there's like ways to do it and and more and more now people do want to learn i mean now you have the school so i'm sure you've learned but i mean yeah i got asked to I got a pretty dope job last year where um, I got called from Happy Madison Productions and they were like, we're doing a movie that has a DJ in it. And it's coming out actually, I think in a week uh, or so. It's called You Are So Not Invited to My Bot Mitzvah. And it's Adam <laughs> Sandler's kids, uh, his daughters are in amazing. it. And there's a, a bar mitzvah DJ in it who's like, it, he's hilarious. Over the top. So, he's over so the they top. brought me in to teach him. Oh, how okay. to DJ, but more I did. Te it was funny because I went above and beyond. Like I showed up with C a pair, you know, CDJs and a nine hundred, a S eleven and two turntables, a Rev seven, all these records, oh, computers, right, right. and then he's like, "I only have like today, and I got to fly to Toronto to film tonight." So I was like, "Okay, I don't think I'm actually going to teach you fully how to DJ." But I did a mix of teaching him the basics, and then also I saved a million funny videos of just everything from like Steve Aoki throwing cakes in people's face and EDM DJs oh, right. doing the hand movements, right, right, right. and I just showed him to like you to like. Like, you know, real shit. And I was like showing him everything. But right. so I yeah, basically got of... a job to teach this guy how to do it. That's and then right. he went and filmed the movie and it's coming out. Uh, it sucks because I was supposed to do the premiere with him and me and him were going to do it together. He was going to fake do it. And I would oh, really DJ the movie yeah, premiere, yeah, yeah. but it's canceled because of the strike. Oh, right. 
right. Um, I got I got to come out. For yeah, that the one. movie comes out, out. I think I just saw the trailer last week, so they said it's coming out next week. But it looks really funny. Oh, okay, and dope, uh, dope. definitely a lot of DJ little references in there. And yeah, but same kind of thing where I was like, oh my god, number one, this is so amazing that this is my job. I'm getting paid to go do this. It's the most fun thing ever. I'm in Adam Sandler's office. You know, I'm looking in his. You know, where he jams out with his band and like it was so cool, cool. you know, but also trying to learn how to teach at the same time. I was like, oh, man, it was a struggle. Yeah. I've talked to Revolution about it, too. I know he because, you know, he does his thing and yeah, he he was was on on the pod a couple years ago. Yeah, he was on the pod uh, and and, you know, I seen what he did at Scratch Academy and now his own thing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So. And and he explained to me having to figure out how to teach, you know, and yeah. just it's like learning a new language in a way. Totally, totally is. Yeah, yeah. you have to be able to put everything into words. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that that was. I mean, you know, I had written down like some other stuff, like that. I was saying that, you know, you you seem very happy as a person and as a DJ and and all that. And um, I think all the Beat Junkies members, in a way, give off like an aura of like calm and satisfaction in a way and sort of knowing where they're going you know having a direction um and i was wondering if you thought like teaching and the school um brings that out of you guys at all you know or what fuels that sort of calm happy satisfaction that you guys give off in yeah a way, no know? that's fair no d uh teaching um and i never would have thought this i don't think any of us would have thought this but it definitely contributes to all of that yeah I think it contributes to um, our mental well-being, as far as DJing yes. is concerned, you know, it is fulfilling because when you do see, it's like seeing a kid like go to Disneyland for the first time, like just that right. that look on their face. Like so, seeing a student, whether they're a small child, a young child, a teen, or a young adult, or even someone, we've had students that you know they're in their forties that they were DJs in the nineties and then life took over. They had to like you know put it aside for a number yep. of years and they never lost their love for it, so they, right. they came back. But when you're showing them these things, even at a very, very basic level, um, and it clicks for them and they get it and you see that look on their face and like, oh, well, I think this is, I think this is right. And then like, it's just like, it's like that feeling of, of like you, you, it's almost like, uh, you share in championing that moment with them yeah. because it's just like, you feel like you're, you've learned it too. Like, right. You know what I mean? So it's like to be able to share in that excitement is like it's ultra fulfilling and you and it feels really good to be able to kind of share and like let our not let our guard down. But like we come from that era of like, you know, battling and being very competitive and like keeping all of our best. Yes. Secrets guarded. Like, right. I'm not I'll show the homies, but I'm not showing DJ Spider like, yeah. nah, nah, be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is my this is my genre right here. But yeah. now we're in this place where it's like, no, nah, like we want to share like we've like, you know, curated this this kind of method and the style of DJing that we do probably doesn't get seen a whole lot anymore in 2023 so um you know we're appreciative of people that come to kind of learn that and then of course like on top of like playing a room and you know programming a set and all that stuff but it is very fulfilling to answer your question and it does contribute to like i said kind of like our our mental well-being as far as like djing and being a dj Yeah, because i think something you see in the dj world i'm sure in all industries but i noticed just because probably i'm a dj and i'm around all djs is that People tend to get pretty bitter and jaded and mm. kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't care anymore. That sucks or everything sucks or right. closed minded and just sort of bitter on everything. And 
when they're just DJing just to work and they're not doing what they want to do exactly. You know, yeah. you see so many older, bitter DJs, right? Or like right. all the interaction online and stuff. And I feel like what I've noticed among people who give back, do things that are giving back to the community or teaching or something like that, it, I don't know. I don't know if that's the key to life, you know, to like, <laughs> to being happy, you know, but, it, but there's something to that, right? Where like, totally teaching and and pushing it forward and yes you want to keep your secrets that you develop but at the end of the day we don't know how long any of us will be here what sort of things are going to happen so you want it to live on through other people and then those people will take it and transform it into something that we never could have imagined but i think that that that's something as i get older too i'm realizing like you know having a kid and stuff is that when you you're passing things on to other people that gives you this feeling, you know, giving away gives you that feeling of happiness and rather than keeping it inside and then being all bitter, like, ah, well, right, I don't right. know. You yeah, know, bitter so. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Bitter Bob. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the answers, but uh, like I said, I yeah. feel like that's, that's part of it. But I, I feel right. like for me personally, it's, um, it's a combination of things, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm happy. I'm content like with where I am in my life. Like yeah. as a DJ, you know, I have a beautiful family. I have like a very, very loving, supportive wife that's yeah. just like rode, like rode it out with me, like since like the mid nineties. You know what I mean? Right. Like she's seen all the highs and the lows. Like you know, I've had ultra success and like been like at a plateau, and then I've been like at rock bottom, like no money, flat broke, like taking out money from my credit card to pay the mortgage back. But like when I left the radio and I was in between jobs, so I've I've kind of like you know ridden all these peaks and valleys. Yep. So. Um, but yeah, just obviously having the, the love and support of just like, you know, the community, yeah. like, you know, I'm blessed to be part of a, you know, a brotherhood, which is my crew, the beat junkies. So like, I just feel like I've just, you know, I'm just blessed, like just yeah. to just have all these things just like kind of just line up kind of perfectly for me. Um, I know that, you know, obviously it's life and things could go yeah. one direction, like at any given minute, but for, for the time being like, uh, life is good. You yeah. Know I mean, and, that's I, and, great. and I'm grateful for it. I mean, speaking of that, like, you know, I was going to ask you about being a, uh, father and a husband and um like how you balance that with with being a dj you know and and not even just being a dj but what you melody run your career as well as the beat junkies you know with the school and all the different things you guys do you're constantly doing a lot of different projects you know um so yeah like any you know successful uh tips on having a successful marriage or dad life or any of that you know like it seems yeah. like you guys get along pretty good and you're we making do. it work but we're, we're i mean at the end of the day like uh just to keep it one we're a married couple so it's not like not yeah. every day is perfect hey i'm you with know you I'm i know i'm going on i mean f- it'll be 15 years married next year with my wife oh you know? wow so 16 this year for me crazy. yeah yeah, yeah. You so, guys, so, you so yes i mean i understand but but yeah i mean i think that um yeah, it seems like you guys are pretty. I mean, you have three kids, right? Yeah, three. So, yeah. so I, I feel like um, it's a couple of different things. It's uh, you know, and this is something I've kind of learned recently. Um, is I think just just being there, being present. You know what I mean? Even if it's for twelve yeah. minutes while I'm taking yeah. my kids to school, like you know what I mean? Instead of like them being on their you know, electronics and me like listening to something on the radio. It's me just talking to them about whatever, you know what I mean? Like, um, just kind of making those memories, you know, no matter how small or how extensive, um, things like that. I feel like, you know, hopefully when they get older, those are the things that they'll remember. You know what I mean? Cause I, I know that I have memories of growing up and driving with my, my family, my sisters and my parents and, 
I couldn't even tell you where we were going, but I remember like a funny moment like that happened in the car or I remember maybe we had to yeah. pull over on the freeway one time because my sister was car sick and you had to throw up and we all made fun of her. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it was all like a family yes. thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like, you know, again, that's just kind of like some of my takeaways from my upbringing. So I'm trying to just kind of be, I guess, that kind of dad, you know what I mean? And then um, same thing, like uh, as a husband, I feel like it's the same thing, you know, obviously like reciprocating like with my wife, like uh, supporting her. Like she works very long days. Right. Uh, she's uh, an urgent care uh, physician. So she comes home exhausted, but she's like, I call her like super mom, super wifey because she'll yeah. work 14, 16 hour a day, come home, you know, unwind, get ready for the next day, go to sleep at like midnight, wake up 5 a.m., go to yoga, go straight to Costco, oh buy groceries for the house. You know what I mean? Come home fix dinner because she's got to go back to work the next day. Like she's yeah. like, she's just always just like on the move. And so like, I feel like, um, so like a good example, uh, last weekend, uh, we don't get a chance to go out too much anymore just cause life is busy and the kids, they always come first. Right. But, uh, one of her friends, um, was DJing. It was like the first time she was actually doing a DJ set oh, at wow. this bar in downtown Fullerton. So she's like, can we go out? So little things like that, like just like having a date night, even if it's like doing something like that or just going like around the corner to have a bite, like just her and I, you know what I yeah. mean? Like just like uh, kind of like making those memories and spending that kind of time with her, um, which was another thing going back to Twitch, which was really cool. It was never intentional for me to pull her into the right. channel. I literally brought her in because once I saw how Twitch worked, I was like in my head, I'm like, I can't do the kind of DJing I want to do I and know. look at the chat. Honey, can you come in and just she just was so like good shout at these it, people she out? She was a great host, yeah. So it was kind of like accidental the way it happened. And then like, get her a mic because at first she didn't have a mic. She's like, get her a mic, get her a mic. So I went out and got her a mic, and then she becomes part of the thing. But um, above and beyond that, like what I told her, like after we did it a few times, like it was really cool because it was a way for us to kind of like celebrate music together and we grew up like we're from the same school she's a little younger than i but you yeah. know she loves she grew up in the 80s too and she loves and appreciates all the music right and we've been down since the mid 90s we've been together a very long time so she's very familiar with like dj culture and like she can spot a good dj from a not so good dj so she appreciates a good set and so you know once we had kids it became very difficult almost impossible for her to come to my gigs anymore so yeah. her sitting in the studio with me streaming was kind of like a way for her like to be at the to gig. Yeah. So it was like, you know what I mean? So it was cool in that sense. So, but, but going back to your, your question. Yeah. Um, so me trying to reciprocate with her, like, even if it's her, like, you know, Oh honey, can I go? Uh, my girlfriends are having a dinner. Yeah, go, go, go. Or like they go out to like a concert. They went to watch, um, John Mayer at the Hollywood bowl, but they turned it into a little staycation for like, they stayed two nights at oh, a telly. And I was like, yeah. I got it. I got it. Go. You know what I mean? Like, so, so stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, in between, like those those like those those moments there are some there's there's struggles of course that come with like yeah, being married there's stresses and everything and you just got to try and just like you know take a deep breath together and just like work through it you know what i mean and a lot of that is is communication you know what i mean i feel like is very key um but again this is just my humble opinion my experience you know as a father as a husband but yeah obviously like and it's and it's funny and i tell her like i don't know how it is for you but I feel like, you know, if we have a little about or we have a disagreement or maybe like in an, on an extreme day, like a bad day, like an argument, like it takes away from my creative energy. Like, I don't feel like DJing. Like, I know. What I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like it. Like, oh, damn it. I was going to stream today, but you effed it all up. Like, <laughs> thanks, honey. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it's just like, I mean, the, it's because I think I, I, I care so deeply for, you know, for her and for my kids. And like, if, if, if that, if, if that's not right, like. 
I can't do anything else. Because it just, it just bleeds exactly over into my mean. life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, Which is um, tough because you just want to be able to, like, who cares? Get it out of your head. It doesn't matter. You right, know, but, right. Like, but, yeah. I've had gigs, like, you know, when I was doing Vegas and all that stuff where, like, you know, I would be out there and, like, I don't know, we would have not even an argument, but, like, get into a little thing on the phone. And then yeah. I have to walk downstairs and, like, do the two-hour thing and hands up and, like, you know, confetti and, like, uh, it's just, like, it's, right. yeah. So, um, I like, feel like you're faking it. Yeah, but, like, more as I've gotten older, it's just, like, you know, I I've, I've, um, really, really like just made an effort to try and just be present and just be, be the best like version of a husband and a father that I can be every day. And it's not always easy. You know what I mean? It gets overwhelming obviously. Um, and then it's hard like trying to balance that, you know, um, being devoted to your family with DJing. So one big adjustment, and this was a really hard adjustment for me to make was when we had kids right prior to that, you know, living, as a bachelor, like having a four bedroom house to myself, having yeah. all the time in the world to practice. And I used to make beats and I would record right. mixtapes. And- that's the thing. It's infinite. Like that with a family. Cause when they'll be like, when are you done? You know? And right. I'm like, never, I could do this forever. Right. I could practice for that Kings thing for like all right. three days straight and, and never talk to you guys, but I need to like make a point to exactly to make time for you. Right. So I came from this like world of, you know, it's all me, like there was literally a mixtape I put out in the early 2000s called the AM Workshop, which was titled around the fact that I basically stayed up from like, you know, 9 p.m. till the sun came up working on this project. Right. And so but anyhow, so I would work for like eight, nine hours, either practicing or recording yeah. or finding samples or organizing records or whatever. Right. Once we had kids, I don't get eight, nine hours straight anymore. No. It's pretty rare. Ever. Right. Yeah. So I get 20 minutes here. Maybe like I get another 17 minutes here and then like maybe like if I have the energy, like after everyone's asleep, I can practice. I can just lock in for a couple hours yeah. until I got to call a night because I got to wake up at 6 I was going to say, but then you're so tired in the morning if you push it too right. far. Yeah. So there's like, you know, you got to like pay the price the next day sometimes. But yeah. that's probably the biggest adjustment I've had to make, like as far as like the life balance goes, like yeah. balancing the craft with, you know, your family and stuff. Right. Um, but and it gets hard sometimes because you know how it is sometimes like. If you know you've only got 30 minutes and you really like get locked into this one thing and then you get pulled away from it, it's like, oh man. Yeah, like, like I was just getting just give somewhere. me five more minutes, five more minutes, but like, no, daddy, we're gonna be late. Boxing starts at 515, not 520. <laughs> Let's go. Like so totally. um so yes. just making that that adjustment has been probably like the biggest challenge for me. But um I do my best to manage, you know yeah. what I mean? Um and sometimes that means me not streaming on a Friday night so I can sit there and watch, you know, like a, a YouTube thing with my daughters or like we can yeah. go to dinner or, and that, and that's cool. You know what I mean? Like totally. streaming will be there tomorrow. Like it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Like, you know, it, it'd be, it's, it's, uh, you know, 20 years from now, I don't want my, my kids to look back and be like, Oh, uh, we had the chance to go see the world premiere of like, you're so not invited to my bar mitzvah, but daddy <laughs> wanted to stream. Like, right. And that's going to bum them out. It's going to kind of scar them in a way. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it's just things like that, you know, it's kind of like the, my, totally. my formula. Yeah, I balance. You know how it is, Yeah, man. I like, try I'm to preaching do the, to the choir here. Like, yeah. yeah no, but I think it's good for other people to hear it too. And, and yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want. You could be selfish or not, but exactly. I want to give him the best experiences while still do my own life things, you know, but yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's a constant learning process. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you care about both enough, you make the time, you make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's crazy. Like sometimes like I do get the sel- selfish moments. I have another project that I'm working on. Um, but like those can be long days. And so like, you know, at the end of a long day, I'll, 
come back home. I'll be hungry. So I'll just pull over just quietly by myself, sit down, get something to eat, have yeah. a beer, catch up on emails, and then I'll come home, you know, sometimes midnight, whatever. Right. My kids are at the age now where it's like they kind of know, like maybe they hear me come in. I don't know. But the next morning it's like, Daddy, what time did you come home last night? Where were you? Like I'm getting like I'm getting like, you know, the third degree and I'm like, Oh, I was, I was out, you know what I mean? Or I was out with so and so, like, That's but hilarious. I'm here, like, let's go to school. Like, you know what I mean? So like, but the things like that oh, kind of send too. a message to me, like, oh, okay, you guys are seeing all this now. Like you're at that age now, so I gotta be totally. extra careful now, you know what I mean? Cause like I just, you know, obviously I, I love my family, as do you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like I think it's okay to like you know, everyone needs time for themselves. So yeah. like, to, to make those little audible plays and have that selfish couple hours to yourself, I think totally. is okay. But just as long as you don't make it a habit of it to the point where they feel neglected. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, but yeah, know? like I stayed in New York for an extra day and told them I'm just doing it for me. So I don't have to like rush and fly back right at the last second and be so tired and give myself a little time. Meet, you know, meet up with some friends out there. And yeah, everybody needs their own time, yeah. you know, no totally. matter what. Otherwise, you just. You're yeah. not even fun to be around, probably. Yeah. And but, the kids do, too. Like, my kid, yeah, my oldest, exactly. he's 13. He wants time with his homies. And that's him. Yeah. Like, he's into gaming. And of he course. throws on his headphones. And yeah. it's just like, I could be screaming at him from down the hallway. He won't hear me. Like I know, Sam. I like, got him the beat, Beats Fit Pro things. And now he just puts those in. He's, it. like, on Fortnite. In his know? own world. And I'm like, yo, 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 hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know. I get it, though. I'm sure yeah. we were like that, you know, with whatever we were doing. Right, right, right. Um, totally. Oh man, I mean, I have like I've wrote down so much stuff. We could go on forever, but um, I know we've been talking for a minute. But I also got some uh, questions from the internet, so like, why don't we hit some of those? Let's and then if we want to, we could go back and talk about some other stuff if we still have time. Cool. But uh, uh, the the man himself, uh, Shecky Green, Shaq, yeah, shout to Shaq. Um, he just wrote in a couple things. Um, and he said, you guys should discuss the inception and the legacy of DJ AM's favorite, Gambling Pete. <laughs> and I know, I mean, that's the other thing. I know you're super into beer. Like, you're always up on some crazy beers like Kevin Scott. You know, you guys are the beer aficionados. And poker, I mean, you're huge in poker. I mean, to the point where... You were in what world world series? No, no, I mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm not huge. Like I'm not anyone notable in the in the poker community. But um, but I mean, you, you're I, good at it and you play a lot. I've gotten better over the years. And I've been playing a very long scene. time. Yeah, yeah. So Gambling Pete um is um, <laughs> I put out a series of uh, scratch records in the early yeah. ni- late nineties, early two yeah, thousands, and uh, this is back in the era when um, Cubert wasn't putting out records under the name Cubert. He was putting it out under an alias. So we all, like all the DJs, D-Styles had an alias. Right. DJ Babu, he had an alias. He was the turntablist. So yes. Gambling Pete was, was my- That was a super duck break. Right, yeah. right. So Gambling Pete was my alias to release these scratch records. But like Gambling Pete is kind of like an alter ego because I've always like, ever since a young age, I've always been into to games. Like- uh, right card games when i was growing up um monopoly and then like through college like we would have these poker nights like once a week with the homies just playing for fun for nickels and dimes and yeah maybe you win a few bucks maybe you lose a few bucks and then um i got into poker in the late 90s and um i just got i got sucked into it i just like um for anyone that doesn't play um or isn't familiar with the game it's a game played with a deck of cards a standard deck of cards 52 cards and your object is to make the best five card poker hand And you don't play, this is like the one game, if you ever go to, say, a Vegas casino, this is the one game where you're not, your money, you're not playing your money against the house's money. Right. You're playing, if I'm playing at a table with DJ Spider. You're playing against people at the table. You're playing at other, your opponents at the table. And the dealer is just there to deal the cards 
and control the game yeah. and collect a rake for the house. That's how the house makes their money. Right. But the game itself is so multi-layered. On the surface, yes, your obje- your uh, the objective of the game is to make the best five-card poker hand. But there's all these other moving parts right. that if you really, really want to learn and be good at you have to study and you have to pay attention to yeah um things like even little things like uh let's say uh dj spider sits down at my table and uh right away he asks the dealer uh what's the game here what uh what do we are little things like that like okay like i I might not know who dj spider is but i'm gonna like listen to what you're saying and i'm gonna watch you talking to the dealer and in my head i'm gonna be like okay this guy doesn't have very much experience right right? or he's making it up (laughs) the dealer tells dj spider oh uh this is a two five no limit game uh the minimum buying is 300 the max buying is 1500 right dj spider pulls out his wallet oh 300 DJ Spider doesn't pull out a wad of hundreds. Right. DJ Spider, as an example, yes. I'm sure you. I know you got a wad of hundreds. Oh, but, you know, but, I got wads, <laughs> baby. No. But I'm saying everywhere like, I look. No. Yeah, to get my point across, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, maybe yeah. DJ Spider pulls out a few twenties, two tens, and fives. Right. So DJ Spider didn't come with a bankroll. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So like these are things like again like the little things, the little nuances you have to pay attention to, and then the game itself again is just so multi-layered there's so much psychology there's math behind it there's things like bet sizing there's things like position who acts first whoever acts last in the hand has the advantage because you get to see what everyone else does in front of you and a common mistake that a lot of players make and i was guilty of this for years and you see it a lot now not mm, not so much now but you see it more now than you did say 10 years ago is that because we live in the generation of iPads and iPhones, like in between hands, like if DJ Spider doesn't have a good hand and he folds, he picks up his phone and maybe Spider's on his phone for the next 19, 20 minutes. Finally, Spider puts down his phone, looks at his cards, sits up a little more straight. Okay, Spider has a good hand. You know what I mean? So like you have to pay yes. attention to all these things, right? right? The little tells. And, and then stuff. there's little things like poker tells, right? Which are like somewhat reliable, but you have to be careful about how you navigate through those two. But anyhow, poker wow. is just to me, like I love the game so much. And then obviously like you're paying, you're, you're playing for money, like real money, right? Yeah. There's things like tournaments where you pay like a flat fee, $200 right, and, and this tournament, maybe you won 20K or, or yeah. right, the jackpot or whatever, the, the first prize at the end. But the games that i play cash games like we play for money like each hand is played for hundreds sometimes thousands of dollars you know what i mean and you have to manage your money like it's not something you don't want to ever let's say if you have a bankroll of ten thousand dollars well you don't want to put that entire ten thousand dollars in a big a bigger game like you want to be able to like afford yourself say 20 buy-ins so maybe you want to sit down a much smaller game where the max buy-in is 500 so that if you lose that 500 maybe you pull out a second buy-in and you continue to play or you just call it a day so there's a lot of discipline there's money management again there's all these things that go into it but again these are things just like djing like you know what i mean you have to spend years and years and years and you have to study and there's like it's cool like in 2023 there's um like djing there's poker podcasts there's like poker live streams on youtube where like they'll you know kind of take you through each hand and there's commentary like from like expert like very experienced vetted players that will like analyze the hands perfectly yeah you know what i mean and you can you can just there's all these resources and tools where if you want to improve at it you can you You just gotta 
practice. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but anyhow, that's been a long time passion of mine. So, um, it's something that I love to do. I don't get to do as often as I used to, but, um, that's where gambling Pete comes from. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And I know AM used to love poker and I mean, I'd be in these poker games with him and Aoki and everybody and the yeah. money would get crazy. And I'm like, I don't even know how to play. I'm about to just get killed right here. Yeah. <laughs> so funny story. The very first time I met AM was at the commerce casino here in Los Angeles. Sounds about right. I just had, this was like, <laughs> I can't crazy. even remember. This was like, this is still big AM day. So this yeah. is like 2001 or two, I feel like. Okay. Can't remember the exact year. But I just happened to get up to go get something to drink. I'm walking through back to my table and he comes up and just steps up to me. He's like, yo, Melody. And I was like, I looked and I was like, oh, I was like, I kind of did one of these. He's like, AM. I was like, oh, yeah. Because I think I met him at Fat Beats like briefly, like okay. in passing before. And so we had like a quick conversation and he was like, yo, and I'll never forget his exact words. Like, yo, man, hip hop DJs and hold them, man. Let's go. Like, it's dope. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> And I was like, oh, cool, man. And this is like when he was starting to do kind of like uh, like some of the Hollywood clubs and he was catching buzz behind his name. Right. So that's how I very, that's how I remember like my first meet with him was oh, at the Commerce so Casino. Cool. It was so funny. And then, um, yeah, rest in peace, man. He was such one hell of a guy. And, and yeah, I, I, know. I wasn't even like what I would consider like one of his closer homies, but like I, I, I know that he was such a fan of of dj culture and he loved and appreciated oh yeah he all held you like, in such high regard yeah, yeah no just i mean just everything he loved it so much he loved turntablism oh, he appreciated yeah. battling and, and, I, and I mean shout out to him man like r.i.p but he and i've told the story many times um and i'll tell it to to the grave but he he ushered me into my first that first residency at the hard rock like he right he paved that way for me that was you know at body I mean? english body english, yeah. yeah in 2006 yeah no i remember i would go see him there and vice there and you there yeah and it was just my opened blowing. that door for me. And um, that partially came about because in 2005, um, my wife, my now wife, um, she was finishing up um, uh, a medical uh, a rotation, uh, one of her, her last rotation in Vegas. So I used to go out to oh. see her every weekend. And I had just started working at 93.5 K-Day out here in L.A. with a mutual friend um, of Adam, of AM's and mine. And so she was like, you should connect with with Adam when you're out there. He's at this club called Body English. Oh, wow. And so I would message him, like text him or 2 a.m. or whatever it was back yeah. in 05. And I was like, yo, um, Daniela told me you have this residency at this this crazy-ass club and he's like, yeah, you should come through, man. It's banana. You know how you talk. It's bananas. Yeah. You got to come peep it. <laughs> and so finally, after like four or five weeks of this, I was like, all right, man, I'm coming out. I messaged him. I'm coming. I was like, yo, he's like, yo, bring some records. Like, you got to come by. Like, come and rock for a little <laughs> bring bit. Bring some records. So That's I amazing. walk into Body English. And again, I'm coming from, I'm coming off of like battling, right? I've done like clubs, but the clubs I was doing were more like, you know, 200, 300 people. I'm playing like hip hop and R&B, some classics, a little bit of funk and disco. I'm not playing big room. There's no like confetti going off. There's no Cairo. I had never seen any right, of this. Right. So I walk into Body English. It's just this epic room. Like just like it's just packed. Like you can just feel the energy. He's smashing it to pieces, of course, right? Like yeah. every record he plays, the way he drops it, he's just owning the it owning was, the room. It was unreal. It was like life changing. You'd go in there, and and his booth was like a bird's nest, kind of like looking over everything so on that dope. second floor. And there was like you could hang out up there too, but also when you looked down, it was just all the people and those little dancing yeah they had like little go-go boxes yeah the boxes would get or whatever up and like, yeah. yeah and the dance floor was just like and a he nice would drop floor. every genre of music and his all his signature everything. mixes and rock into hip-hop and people everything. just losing their mind yeah and, and his he skills. was he was on serato too 
Yeah. So I show and up with the this, beginning of Serato. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I show up with this crate of records, right? And like, whatever, I'm bringing records because you asked me to. But <laughs> like, he's in there just getting busy, just destroying it, right? Yeah. So he's up there rocking. We say what's up. So I'm just real birdie. I'm just like watching the show the whole time. He's right. like, destroys it for like an hour, takes off the headphones, turns around, like, you ready? I'm like, okay, what am I going to do after all this? Like, you're, like, quick mixing. Like, I got, I'm got, i over here flipping burgers. Like, uh, right. I brought actual records. Yeah. So I played for, like, 45 minutes, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was cool and everything. But I'll never forget that night. It was kind of like, like, it took me back to the very first time I saw a DJ. Like, it was that impactful to me because the very first right. time I saw a DJ, like, with Techniques 1200s and Newmark and the lights and the Trussell and the Serwin Vega. It just, like, yeah, it was just such an experience. And it was so similar, like, watching him do that on Serato and totally. play, like, just masterfully weave in between all these genres. Like, yep. he was playing rock and, like, some 80s. And he was playing a couple new hip-hop things. And he was, like, mashing stuff up. He had, like, his Sweet Home Alabama. And, like, everything was just, he couldn't lose. Yeah. He couldn't lose. Like, the guy just couldn't lose. But he was, like, all right. the Every time he thought he like, he, like yeah he would always just have all types of extra stuff he's thrown in there you're like oh well, i yeah, didn't think yeah. about that or that weird connection or yeah yeah wordplay or yeah the way too. the drums went under it or he's just scratching the song in the middle of it you know but it works perfectly yeah it's just it was just so it was so dope man he was just um That's he was just crazy. so ill with it so yeah and then um fast forward like not too long after that maybe less than a year um yeah he, uh, I think he had the offer over at Pure. Right. They were going to, um, the grand opening of Pure at Caesar's Palace. Yeah. And so he was going to be leaving. And so he put in more than kind words for me. And um, they gave me a few tryouts. I remember I had to show up three times and rock for a little bit and kind of give them a sense of what I sounded like. And, right. And, and big room DJing, again, was a brand new thing to me. So it was a big learning curve, right? Yeah, I wasn't, huge. I wasn't playing Beyonce and T.I. I was playing like most deaf Right. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like same with like me. That. That's like, why when I went in there, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I think I could do this, but this is so different. Yeah, it was so different. But like you said, like words back earlier on, like I was up for the challenge. Like I yeah. wanted to do it and like to be a part of that. I was like, well, this is a whole new thing. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, shout out, shout out to AM, shout out to Dig Dug, um, yeah, whole crew over there at Body Dug. English, Andy Hirsch, um, Corey. Yeah, yes. all the OG fam out there. Um, Vice, yeah, like the whole, the whole squad. Five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Homicide, yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 we all and he opened the he opened that door for all of us for you know, everyone, was, you know. And he cares about. It. I mean, think about and Jazzy Jeff when they were doing the rain, you know, palms thing. Like when he would get an opportunity, or if he could put people on, he did. I mean, that's how I got any of my stuff. You yeah. know, was him putting the good word in for me or yeah. saying, "Oh, I can't go to Dallas for this Absolute Vodka event. I'm sending this guy Spider," and then I go, and then next thing I know, it leads to this and this and this, yeah, and yeah, same yeah. Pure Vegas. Like I got to open for him there. He says something. Next thing I know, they offer me a residency, you know, at Pure yeah. Vegas and Tangerine yeah. uh, at wherever, Treasure Island, you know. Yeah. And so that wouldn't have happened without him w for me as well, you know. For so sure. it's for it's sure. not not many people like that have existed over time, yeah. you know, in yeah. the DJ world. For I sure. Think. He was so selfless and just so uh, so giving. Well, he didn't have to be. You yeah. Know? And I think it's because, like, I really felt like, again, I wasn't super super tight with them we started to kind of get close like when we started when he brought me into vegas and stuff yeah. but i feel like it was because he he loved it he loved the culture yeah. he loved the art and he not loved, a lot he of loved music not a lot of people had the power that he had in a way because it's funny even nowadays like people hit me up yo let me open for you and put the good word in here and i'm like 
I can't, even though I've been doing it, but right, you know right. how it is now. Like, yeah. there's so many companies and agencies and Shh. bookers and DJs, and I could tell someone something, but, you know, like, right. he was in such an amazing position to right. be in and a powerful right. position, and people just trusted his word, and he yeah. was just, like, the king, yeah. you know? But same thing, I feel like that, you know, going looking back, you know, was that almost 20 years ago, but, um, yeah, like that level of DJing, like DJing in a big room like that for our style of DJing, I yeah. guess it's called open format now. Right. That wasn't a thing. Like no. it was like literally like a handful of guys that did that. There was a handful of nightclubs that did that in yeah. Vegas. There was like three or four rooms. It was, right. you know, body English, Tau, Tangerine, and then right. pure, like it was like half a dozen rooms. Totally. Um, and I think that, had a lot to do with him being able to kind of like call those shots like hey you need to check out this guy you know what i mean and now versus now there's like probably 250 300 rooms in Vegas. every like, city alone has tries to emulate. hundreds of djs that are like super dope too and it all are cut from that cloth now right. and have listened to podcasts and watch videos totally. and youtube and totally. you know all that stuff so i think um yeah it's just because like you said we used to know everybody that DJed basically totally, in that totally. style. You yeah. knew every single person. You yeah. know, they'd be like, "Who should we bring to Chicago?" It's like there's eight people. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. And now there's like eight million yeah, different DJs. There's it's, every day it's I'm wild. discovering DJs I've never heard of. Yeah. You know, or I'll see like, "Oh, this party they did. Oh, they booked this woman and that guy and this." And I'm like, "Who are these people?" Yeah. I find their Instagram and. You yeah, know. and I feel like I mean I could be wrong because I I've kind of stepped away from from the industry like as far as like big room DJing goes. Right. But um, I feel like we were fortunate too because we actually had like I had a weekly residency at Body English. I was there every Saturday, right, and that doesn't exist. And then as I started doing that. I was just gonna say like I feel like like the DJs that live to- in Vegas will be the resident, but it's sort of like to be the opener closer right. or maybe do the, some nights the support. But it's not the same. Like where they used to even here, like there's some spots still to this day. I'm like, just have me every week. Like, why do you right. wait and then figure it out for the month? But it's, right. there's just so many DJs. Yeah. I feel like, I don't the, know yeah, it it's is. just like, there's the pool is just so much more vast. Now the DJ pool is right. so much more vast. Like even the headliners, like, uh, yeah. They might pop up, you know, three, four times a year. You know what I mean? Like right. that, like that's like a, a different sort of rotation, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, um, versus like, you know, kind of that era we come from where it's just like, that was our room. That was our residency. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that like was like AM our house. did that room. You yeah. did that room vice, you know, yeah. every single week, no matter what, yeah. you know, so five, think, you yeah. know, whoever. Yeah. We, we were fortunate to be a part of that era. You totally. know what I mean? Like that. I, I call that like the, the golden era of a uh, bottle service. You yeah. Know, it, big, it really, big it really was. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, it's still going, but it's so different now. And I bet, I mean, even that was one of the things, you know, I, I was going to talk to you about was. DJing in Vegas and doing body English and doing a place every single week where, you know, you do that on one hand, you're putting so much time into, um, developing these routines that are exact, you know, like you're saying down to the millisecond, you Mm -hmm. know, and down to each movement when, then when you do these clubs, you figure out what works, but you don't want to do the same thing every time. Like, how do you change it enough where the staff remains happy? Yeah. uh, And you remain motivated, but you still are giving people the thing that you were brought in for, you know, and what, and the people, what they need and what they want to make it happen, which is sometimes narrow. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I even heard you say, I think it was on road, shout to road podcast that, uh, you had a, pair of turntable or a whole dj set up at the bell desk at the I hard did. rock yeah yeah and you would tip the bell yeah uh, bellman like, to bring it up to your room yeah. every single time you checked in i'm like that's yeah. genius i well, never at thought one of point, that i started to like uh, as uh vegas nightlife started to um evolve and 
the ho- the Hard Rock Hotel where I was at kind of started to grow with it. Um, I went from doing one night to four nights a week in Vegas. I'm not four nights, oh but God. four sets. So I was there like Thursday to Sunday. I pretty much lived at the Hard Rock Hotel. That's so I would crazy. do. They opened up a rock and roll bar, so I did that on oh, Thursdays. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, I did the, or no, I did the. Yeah, I did like basically DJ Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday at the pool, Saturday night, and then Sunday night. So five sets over four days I was doing. Oh, my God. And but so, that's when Vegas was great, too, like because it could really support your life. You know, that yeah, was yeah. like a, there was, a good check you know, right, for right. the year. For really. sure. I don't know what the rates are like now, but back then, yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know. DJs, but even if the rates are similar or better, they're, di- you know, well, for the, some of the big, you know, ticket sales, EDM stuff, they're huge. Sure. But, but it's it's far few and far between, like you said. It's not right. that weekly thing or the right. five days in a row unless you live there type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I did. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I used to, when wow. I got to that point, um, I had an extra. No, it was actually, it was one turntable and a mixer. And I would use the other side. <laughs> so what, you just mode. drove it out there one time and then yeah, left I just, it? I brought it out and just left it. Yeah, and then I would just call down. Like every time I would check in, they would bring it up. I'd that's give so the, the bell guy 10 bucks or whatever it was and <laughs> that's set great. it up. Yeah, well, just because, I mean, like to answer your question, like um, that was a fun. I'd be interested to hear your take on it too because like when you're playing like an extensive set in a big room like that yeah. in a city like Las Vegas, you're playing a three-hour set. right. You obviously need to stick to songs and transitions or things that work, right? Right. You know what works. And the crowd is pretty much 98% or more different people than the week before. It's right. just the same it's staff. The weekend warriors, right. So you want to like make the managers and the staff happy and not bored and like, oh, same old shit. And right. even yourself. But you also know that you could probably do the same exact set every single time exactly. and psychology-wise get the same human reaction from these right. things you've developed in that work. Right. So that's kind of what I did for the first, I don't know, probably year or so, just say, um, because it was comfortable, it worked, and I was like, in my mind, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And right. of course, if a new song would come out that was big, I would figure out a way to work that in. And right. And like, you know, 2008, nine pop music and those kind of Lady Gaga 115, 120 BPM records started coming in and the right. house music started coming back. So, yeah. you know, we had to bring kind of that into the fold. Yep. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like I, I just stuck to what I knew was going to work. And in the back of my mind, like I always felt bad because like, damn, they're going to hear this same 40 minutes. But yeah. guess what? Like the room's going to go off. You know what I mean? Like right. they're going to keep ordering those bottles from you. Like you're going to get know, those same I know. tips. So, it's such so a... you can't be too mad at me. Right. You know what I mean? Like you'd be more upset if I right. went like left like oh I'm sick of yeah. playing the same set you guys are sick of hearing the same but nowadays set. I feel like they have like cards that every person in the c- club that works there oh, fills God. out and like says what's going on so, so it's like ridiculous. such a hard yeah that's like yeah that, that's part of the reason why I stopped there was a few reasons but that was one of them it's just like I never had like um, so many a bad experience but yeah but just like when all that came into play just like okay like you guys are kind of like like, where's my car to tell, like, to write up the waitresses? Yeah. Like, hey, like, she came in on a bad, funky mood this night. Like, where's right. my where's my feedback card? That's you know true. What I mean? That like, is true. Yeah, do we, we, get, we don't get to give any feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got to take all the criticism, right. right? And then if, like, And the we're club, the main thing, so right. it's like they're going to so blame it. If the club it. has a bad night, guess yeah. who's the scapegoat? Oh, they played that song. It ruined everything. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> this guy was ready to spend 10 grand on the ace or whatever it was, and then Mello dropped, I don't know, the little John song that he didn't want to hear. Right. So he just told me he was going across the street to Tangerine. Totally. I still deal with those. And he unfollowed me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I know. I do some 
Hollywood spot now too, and and sometimes it can be like, okay, this person's here, let's do this for them, or, right, right, you know, whatever, yeah, keep them yeah. happy so they're buying the bottles and yeah, doing all that stuff. It's a tough line, line to line to walk, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Kudos to you and everyone that that steps up and and does those does you know, those rooms. Yeah, yeah, you learn. All of it's a learning experience, and all leads yeah. to other stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing Sheck uh, said was, how great is 80s Electro and why is it the greatest music of all time? <laughs> <laughs> 80s Electro, I feel like, um, is so special and um, for a few reasons. Um, number one, um, it's very personal to me. It's very nostalgic. Um, it was a big sound out here in L.A. Um, again, all the, the love and respect and credit to the K-Day Mix Masters. Um, yeah. They were the ones that kind of brought all those records, brought that sound like to the L.A. airwaves back in the yeah. early 80s. So um, for those of you guys out there that are listening that aren't familiar with what Shecky's talking about, 80s Electro is kind of um, a sound that was inspired by um, groups like Kraftwerk, right, Tour de France. Right. And they were exper- these guys were experimenting with um, electronic synthesizers and drum machines in the seventies. And it was like, kind of like early electro, early electronic music. And then when you had, um, other people get their hands on these instruments, some guys made Egyptian lover made electro beats like 808 right. drum beats with like synths behind it. But yeah. then you also had groups like new order and orchestral maneuvers in the dark that also use the same instruments, but they would bring in a couple other musicians, like a drummer, right. maybe a guitarist, you know what I mean? And then a lead vocal and yeah. they would create new wave music, right? So when I talk about when we talk about eighties electronic music, we talk about I mean, in my opinion, I'm talking about all those sounds, right? I'm talking about like the hardcore like electro records, which are like, you know, Electric Kingdom, um, Jam On It, Nucleus, like that can be considered early electro. Yeah. But I'm also talking about New Order, Depeche Mode, OMD, you know, yeah. um, any any artist, any group that like kind of took that sound right. and kind of like to create their music. You yeah. know what I mean? So I consider that electronic music. Um, and then that obviously inspired groups like Daft Punk. Right, that inspired yeah. groups like um, Empire of the Sun from Australia. Yeah, yeah, right. True. All that electro stuff, all the indie stuff that you hear now, even like indie groups like um, Foster the People. You know what I mean? They have these kind yeah. of elements of like right. you know early electronic music. So yeah, I've always been a fan of electronic music, and um, you had like Roger Troutman, like Zap, rest in oh, peace, yeah. like Vocoder. You know what I mean? You had like Vocoder rap records back in the day. Um, Latin, um, was it uh, radioactivity? Uh, let's jam, yeah, let's jam. You know, you know, midnight star, freakazoid, right? Oh, right, you had like stuff yeah, like that. Totally. I was just always just like obsessed, and like that sound was just always so infectious to me. So, that's um, electro electronic music is one that's very near and dear to me, yeah. Dope. I mean, from, from the early stuff to even like I said, the modern day stuff, I'm still a fan, like, of all those groups, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Empire of the sun, even like the newer school, right. Stuff, the stuff that's come out in the last decade. That's dope. No, it's a good way to put it. And it's like, that's a good sort of brief history, you know, roadmap. Oh, of, uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. For, for, you know, just the basic basis of it. Yeah. Shout out to Sheck. Yeah. Sheck's, Sheck's the best. I saw, I'll never forget, uh, Sheck. I don't know if you saw this, but I got, I got to tell this quick story. There was a night in Vegas, 
after the club and I just happened to open up, open up Twitter and there was something going on. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out what, but there was some sort of debate or conversation and someone said something or tweeted something at Shecky that I guess could have been considered like a slight. And then some other dude jumped in the thread. It was like, you can't come to Vegas and talk to a man like Shecky Green like that, which is like a pull from like the Godfather. Like <laughs> right, you can't right. talk, come to Vegas and talk to Mo Green like right. that. That's an older reference. I thought that was, I'll never forget that. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh man, that floored me. That's the <laughs> truth. Like 3 though. That's the truth. Yeah. Don't Shout say, out to Sheck. Yeah, yeah, Sheck's the man. Um, oh, and something I also want to ask you about like the schoolness and everything is like, can you think of anything that you've learned from your students and from teaching the classes like yourself? I mean, I think you mentioned it, just the ability to teach, I guess, and the way to break down your own stuff. Is there anything else that you throw in there? I think um, it's made me a better DJ um, in that sense. And also um, to further that because I have to be on point when I'm doing demos or like, you know, explaining the concept and then, okay, guys, like this is what it looks and sounds like. Mm -hmm. I have to take the time, you know, to kind of choose what records I'm going to use to demo this. So technically I have to be on point as well. So it's like kept me sharp. Yeah. It's kept me sharp. Even if it's something like really simple or something like a little more intermediate or advanced, we have a a class called the structure class and I've done like a small handful of master classes where I'm showing more advanced things, you know what I mean? Advanced concepts, but um, it's made me technically, technically I'm probably the best DJ and this is not a brag. Like I'm probably the best DJ I've ever been in my whole life because of teaching. Yeah. Because I I have to show up and just, I have to show up and be on point, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but that's probably be the the first thing that comes to mind. That's amazing. But then to hear that you feel like that in your life and it's your 50th birthday tomorrow, you know what I mean? Like, that's so dope. You know, you're like at the peak of your skill level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully I can keep it up. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you can. Um, All right, let's see. We kind of got a bunch of questions, but uh, I don't want to go on forever. Um, It's getting dark outside. I know. (laughs) I'm sorry, sorry. No, I'm good. I'm good. um, It's birthday week. I can be here as long as we need to. DJ Chubby Swag, um, he said, "You guys should talk about anything, uh, anything about the influence of Uncle Jam's Army." Oh yeah, so Uncle Jam's Army um, is a little before my time, but Uncle Jam's Army is um, yeah. I don't they, even know that much about it. So they're a group. Uh, they were kind of like uh, kind of the first super group of DJs um, out here in LA. And they were also, um, they were putting out music, but they were, they were more known for throwing kind of all ages events. So I okay. was still a little too young to go to like an, a party in LA, right? Even though it was like an all ages thing. Yeah. I was probably, so Uncle Jam's Army is like early 80s, like 82, 83, like 82 to 85 to mid late 80s. But um, you guys might know... Um, uh, Dial a Freak, which is the Uncle Jam's Army, the Egyptian Lover. That's oh, like yeah. a classic record. Yeah, of course. But so they would put out music, but they would throw these all ages parties where they would bring out like Egyptian Lover and like their again their crew of DJs, and they yeah. would they would just rock. They would throw like parties, kind of like the equivalent to what was happening in New York. But again, I was nine, ten years old at the time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. There's no way I'm ever going to get permission to go to a party like that. <laughs> but they were the ones that right. were kind of doing that, like kind of like you know pioneering and shaping the culture out here in Los Angeles and like breaking records out here. Right. You know what I mean? And bringing hip hop and electro to the, to the West coast. Yeah. I had Arabian Prince on. He was telling me crazy stories about, he was there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I think it was all about that and that that whole scene and I would oh have loved God, to the, the LA the Convention Center and mm-hmm. like all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, they used to throw some some big some big jams. That's so dope for sure. Yeah. Um, Chris Villa wrote in and said, if I remember correctly, he would throw up the dub with his record hand while scratching on the Vibe Magazine TV show. Ask him <laughs> if I remember that correctly. LOL. <laughs> I, might, I might have done that. Shout out to Chris. Another DJ to follow right there. Oh, he's um, amazing. I love Chris. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Vibe TV was a talk show that I did, a late night talk show we filmed out here at um, yeah. CBS Studios. So dope. I, I mean, it's crazy. Your path. history, like, I know we've been talking for two and a half hours, but we I haven't even really... People can look you up, and I'm sure you've been on other yeah. things, but you've done so much. It's insane, <laughs> like from just the most legendary radio stations to these insane TV shows with Quincy Jones yeah, and like Jones, Vibe yeah. TV. I mean, yeah. the DJ battles, the school. I mean, Beat Junkies, like your career is just unreal, man. Yeah, like, I mean, I've been very fortunate. Like I said, I, I never, again, whoever thought that hip hop would take it this far, but right. I'm still here. You it's know what incredible. I mean? And, and um, it's been, uh, yeah, just a blessing after blessing. So you would do that on uh and that was the Quincy Jones show, right? Yeah. That was a talk show that ran five nights a week on, uh, the UPN network. Um, yes. UPN. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we would film that right here at, uh, the, the CBS studios on Fairfax. I don't know if it's still there. I think it but, is. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, so they do like prices, right. And stuff, I think. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All the game show stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but the, I remember I might have done that like throw up a deuce or whatever like try and like you know well, do Chris remembers it yeah do something dumb for the camera but I almost like uh, didn't get that job so my my slot there was I was the DJ for the house band so we were a six piece okay. band and they wanted to bring in a DJ well they were auditioning a bunch of DJs so one night on a Friday night I just come home I was doing ninety two point three the beat at the time this is ninety seven right and I get a call from Eric via the Baker Boys. And he's like, he's like, yo, Mello, he's like, um, we just finished doing this audition over at CBS for Quincy Jones and his partner. They're starting this new show. He was asking us about any other DJs. I gave him your name, your number. You know, there are people might call you. I was like, oh, dope. Thank you. Call me literally the next day. And they asked, like, can you come in today? Can you be here in like an hour? I was like, yes. <laughs> so, again, this is pre-Serato. This is 97. So, right. again, I'm battling. This is like peak yeah turntablism peak battle era i think we right. had just won a battle we were about to enter a battle so i bring like five of what i think are my best routines and i throw in a couple of ultimate breaks and beats just in case i need a couple of extra records yeah so i show up and i'm literally on the set auditioning for quincy jones and the band director greg Gaines, who recorded produced played instruments for michael jackson yeah he's a legend 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 right. i'm in the room with these two Legends, super goats, <laughs> Ultimate right? Legends, yeah. Intimidated AF, right? <laughs> and Quincy right. Jones looks at me. He's like, "Okay, that's all he says," and just kind of like gives me the. Oh I was like, God. "Okay," I put. I nervously like put on the records and the needle. I start doing like some of my battle routines, and I could just feel it right away. He's just not vibing, not right, into it at all. I can imagine maybe it's like the music getting chopped up in this weird way. If you're not into scratching, and he's like, "I make the music, and it's supposed to flow a certain way," right? And I'm over here, I'm over here doing like pause techniques and juggling and scratching a little bit. Right. So I'm like in my head, I'm like, this isn't going well. And oh he says, God. okay, thank you. And like, as he's saying this to me, I'm changing records and I just happen to pull out uh, a James Brown 12 inch, uh, the give it up or turn it loose. Yeah. And that was kind of one of my, like, I call it real time routines. It wasn't where I was like, you know altering the tempo of the record. I was actually doing everything in real time, like juggling right. and like looping. Cause that's and, what like, I think for them maybe the the 
the like how you know it was I don't know all over the place it is maybe it's too weird or something. yeah it wasn't as digestible because I've done scratches I've been brought in to do scratches on so many random things and like done it on rock records and I remember these rock producers like I don't like all the the pitchy stuff you're doing yeah and I'm like that is exactly what scratching is right but I understood what he was saying he wanted it to be more funky and me to take the voice and be like yeah, yeah. Rather than like, bitcher, 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 like right. all weird, because to them they Sometimes just hear weird more, sound. Like, yeah, you know? people that aren't familiar with DJing, scratching, like you, it doesn't I, sound as cool to them. Yeah, because to us it's dope. It's sick because it's super technical. It's like, right. whoa, Spire just fucking did the three click, like seven right. click. But combo, to them like, they were like, we just like, want to hear what it would be like right. to go it has with to be the more music. palatable. I think yeah. to like the untrained DJ ear. Right. So I'm like literally as he's telling me thank you, like and in my head I'm like, oh damn, this is like not going well. Like I'm, I'm like, well, I already got one of the records out. So I pull out the other double and I go into like the thing. I start doing it and now I can kind of feel like their attention coming back, which was like partially like them being familiar with the James Brown record. Yeah. And also them kind of like being patient with me, like this young, like 20 year old kid, like, all right, let's just give this kid two more minutes, like whatever, like them being cool about it. And so I did that and I, I went into like kind of the little three minute thing I had with that break and it was just like using the drum break and doing some creative real time stuff with like, you know, kind of the meat and potatoes of the song. Yeah. And um, at the end of it, I just ended it with just a cold like whatever stop. I didn't do anything. I just kind of stopped the record. And they were both like kind of like, you got the job, like on really? the spot. Gave me the spot on the job. <laughs> so <laughs> shout amazing. out to the gods, man, Quincy Jones and Greg wow. Gaines. And um, I, I wouldn't find out until weeks later but there was like uh some other like super dope like djs that tried out for that spot and i just somehow again was right place right time fortunate enough to just land it so that ran for a year and 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 so that doing that tv show and also doing the radio five nights a week afforded me my very first house oh that's amazing in the year 2000 yeah oh wow Okay, and house so, prices have gone up uh, since then. Oh, very, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. look at Zillow, and I'm like, damn, in, two, in 1999, this house was like $200,000. Right. Now it's like $1.8 million. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought my first house in Cerritos for $275,000. Yeah. Oh, in, my God. In April of 2000. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's so congrats. That's yeah. great. Thank you. And it was <laughs> but funny. Good, good way to use your money and, you know, think smart. I think. Yeah. You know. Shout out to my dad. Rest in peace. Cause he was my family and it was, and it was such a, it was such a moment for me too, because, um, I come from a family where, you know, you went to high school, you got good grades, you know, you followed kind of the traditional path. You went to college, you got your degree and got a good job yeah. that could support yourself and maybe a family in the real world. Like right. all my family did that. So that was, that was the path that was kind of like, decided for me i went right. to like uh what you call a magnet school in cerritos Whitney okay. High school straight bookworm straight a student valedictorian right. in my class you i know. mean it shows that you're a very smart studious uh At my moment you, you, yeah but you have i think you have an amazing attention to detail you know what i mean which 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 shows in all of your stuff that you're Every story you've told uh, personifies that, I feel oh, like. You know what I mean? You. Just your ability to see the details in everything and be so alert around you, no matter what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. think that that 
comes from your probably the bookworm yeah, the, stuff yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, like in a way it helps. In a way it, it did to contribute to how meticulous I am where I can yeah. be at times about stuff. Yeah. So then I went to college and then um, I started DJing in 87. So like 10th grade for me. And this is just, again, me like having the crate and a half of records that I had listening, yeah. practicing, having one turntable, having a cassette player, whatever, like kind of doing that for a few years. And then in college, when I graduated high school, this is like three and a half, four years in. Now I was like actually getting pretty good at DJing. Like I could scratch like the scratches that I was like, right. you know, killing myself, breaking my back to learn for years. I could yeah. do them. Like I right. could like kind of do some of what Joe Cooley and Tony G were doing. Like I could do a little bit of the transforming that Jazzy Jeff and Cash Money were doing. Yeah. And now I was starting to get booked for like house parties and quinceañeras and I was doing high school dances. And then so I graduate high school, wow. I go to college and for the first like, two years of college like i didn't pay attention to school at all like i was so just done with it and i was so in love with djing yeah that all i did was dj and my grades started to suffer right and so like my parents and i like more so my dad and he was just him like really trying to kind of keep me in line like but it heads a lot like yeah at one point he tried to like stop me from djing and just discourage me wow because he was just you know like more worried for my future of you know course what I mean? but I wasn't it's crazy to hear that money. now you know but yeah. yeah so then when i get this job on the radio station then i get this job as a tv show and i'm able to like support myself buy myself my own house like right. that was like the biggest deal yeah to my parents so um that's so cool yeah, that was uh, quite the moment so i remember my dad you know um it was a lot of money for me, like to be earning like at such a young age, you know, yeah. like to to be like twenty in your early twenties and be and have like a six figure income in like the nineties was like that was like That's you're living huge. you're living pretty large. I was yeah. you know what I mean? So my dad pulled me aside and this is gambling Pete. He knew about the break records, he knew I had like this love for poker and make these trips to Vegas. He pulled me aside, he's like, Listen, son, he was just like, You're doing very well for yourself now. He's like, Have fun with this money, but I don't want to see you piss this money away. Right. Like have fun, you know what I mean. Go splurge, buy yourself a new car if you want. That, yeah, have some fun, but don't piss it all away. Like I'll right. never forget that. And I was like, okay, dad. So I did. I had some fun. I bought myself a new Ford Expedition. You yeah. know what I mean. And then put the money aside for the house, and uh, right. the rest is kind of kind of history. But um, but yeah, again, right place, right time. Um, you know, shout out to the Baker Boys, Nick and Eric V, for making for giving me that phone call, and then of course Quincy Jones, uh, Greg Fillingains for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there any like I mean you've done so much and you and you do so much is there any goals for the future or projects that you still want to do or you have on the books or Yeah, yeah, um I have one that um I haven't really talked about um but um it's a project I've been working on for the last year and a half with uh, my partners um DJ For Real and D Styles of yeah. the Beat Junkies we're opening a pizzeria no it's way. Called, uh, made from scratch. Um, it's in <laughs> Redlands, which is in San Bernardino. It's yeah. further on the east side in the IE. But we have a really great concept. Mind you, we have zero experience in the restaurant business, but we've partnered with the right people, like two like world-renowned chefs. One of them actually won Iron Chef some years ago. Damn. So they're helping us out with like the menu design, like curating the kitchen, the flavor, you know, the style of pizza. Right. Like, we've done like our due diligence as far as research, but I love like, that. We're about we're projecting to open January of 2024, but again, this is something we've been working on quietly. But um, yeah. the concept is made from scratch. S K R A T C H. Scratch okay. is in. Okay, I figured. So our yeah. our concept is bringing in you know music and DJ culture with you know a delicious pizza, creating kind of that environment, that aesthetic. So we're going to so have dope. like curated nights, like you know like 
DJ DJ sets, everything from vinyl sets to like, you know, like an R&B brunch on a Sunday. And we've got some other things planned, like yeah. as far as like, you know, special nights. But we're right there in downtown Redlands. So um, I'll be making the announcement on my social media. So, yeah, made from scratch, oh, Redlands, California. So we're so super dope. excited. I so, love to hear that. Yeah, we're very close. But it's crazy, man. Like I've gone to like do things like for this project. Like we had to go buy dining room furniture. We had to go to like the bar and nightclub convention for three days in Vegas to do research. And like, right. you know, we've had to go to like numerous people pizzerias and sit down and try different like recipes and ingredients and like we've had to like buy kitchen equipment ovens and like building a bar like we're building custom furniture building a stage building a custom dj booth wow choosing tile for the bath this crazy man and then like with a restaurant like this is another thing i'm learning is like because you're serving food like you have to be permitted and all for good reason for everything you know i mean with the city with the health department you know fire department we have to install like a fire sprinkler system so but yeah um coming january 2024 made from scratch that's amazing so that's uh, that's one thing i'm excited about so yeah (laughs) looking to diversify a little bit but still like i said still like you know integrating like dj and what we do you know yeah oh that's great dj sets there so yeah Yeah, my sister's a chef restaurateur you know and like i've seen what she's built you know with her husband and nuts you know they have yeah. a they have a pizza shop they have all kinds they have so many places but i mean oh they're wow. doing well it's then that's uh, great yeah yeah they they're doing great like they have all of these places in santa monica and in ojai what's it called uh, well the whole uh, their first restaurant was called rustic canyon okay and then now everything under it's called the rustic canyon group um and then but they have i mean and they'll partner with other chefs so they have um, in Ojai, they have like a bakery and a Burmese restaurant. And then here they have like a Southeast Asian oh, restaurant okay. and a, these ice cream shops called Sweet Rose. This place, Casilla, Southeast Asian. This place, oh, Milo, Milo yeah, and Olive. That's, that's like pizza and pasta and salad and bakery stuff. And yeah. um, uh, Birdie G's. And yeah, they have all these that's amazing. Awesome, yeah. Like Rustic yeah. Canyon had like a Michelin star. Like it was, it's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, super bomb. And I've seen them go through all that, been able to invest a little bit in them and, yeah, and yeah, seen it's ones crazy. that have, It's very expensive to do too. Yeah. It's yeah. Nuts. I got yeah. like all my Twitch bits writing on this one. So like, all those Twitch bits. You guys bits. see a hype train popping <laughs> off on my channel, please. Yeah, like add into every it. little bit helps. <laughs> because things happen that you don't even predict too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy business, but yeah. I think you guys are on the right track. That sounds Hopefully. incredible. I would love to go yeah, to that. Please do. Please yeah. do. We'll come and rock. Like, uh, yeah, we want all the JCO has a pizza shop, uh, too. We ran into him at the pizza convention. Gorilla. Pies. Yeah, yeah, him right and his here brother. In Van Nuys, right? Yeah, it's in Burbank, I think. Van, yeah, yeah. So we ran into really him good. I need to go. I should go yeah, on the way home to today. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, killing no it. Idea. Him and his brother. His brother's incredible chef. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good. And uh, yeah, DJs yeah. and pizza. Let's yeah. go. And we were fortunate too. We have a full liquor license, so we have a full oh, bar. Oh, that's huge. So yeah, we were very lucky. Um, we got our uh, our liquor license through the the Lotto system out in San Bernardino County. Oh wow! Okay. So we saved like a ton of dough, right? Because they're like liquor licenses are not cheap. Like a yeah. full liquor license, you know, beer and wine is like pretty reasonable, like definitely right. affordable. But like a, to go full liquor, like oh, forty seven. Wow. Again, this is all these are all things that I've learned, like yeah. in this new space, like in the last couple years. So yeah. But um, but I'm excited for it. Like I'm up for the challenge, oh. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to. It. I love to see how much you've diversified, you know, and done all that. And same with the beat junkies. I'm sure you guys probably never could have pictured that this would be your guys' life 20 years ago, no, right? Never. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Teaching and like, yeah, teaching online and yeah, no, it, for sure. It's so dope. I mean, you're one of the more most successful, I think, DJ crews, collectives, and just the way you guys have evolved and. But it's not like a massive one, like a union with some of those other crews that are like so many people. It's like you guys are this small group, you know, that's 
true friends, you yeah. know, and really built it from an authentic place and all added so much to the DJ culture and hip hop culture. Thank you. You know, that it's just Thanks like, yeah. it's priceless, Appreciate honestly, that. what you guys have done and, and where you are now. And it's, and it's not even the end at all. You know, there's so much more coming Hopefully, from it. So, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, we always look at it like there's no finish line. Like, you no. know what I mean? And just keep going. As long as DJing evolves, like, we're going to try our best to be right there yeah. alongside of it. So, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I guess uh, let me get a couple more little questions in there, and then uh, we'll get out of here. But um, Some cold beers waiting in the fridge in the other room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should crack those. If we crack them now, then we could record another two and a half yeah, hours. But then, <laughs> then I feel bad for Vlats having to uh, encode this in a uh, video. Vlats, poor Vlats, like his ears are bleeding. Shout <laughs> He's out to sitting Vlats, here like, man. why are you doing a long episode, bro? <laughs> You've been keeping them an hour and a half. Uh, to, it's my 50th birthday, Vlats. So yeah, you know. come on. It's a party. Okay. Consider this a birthday present. We got mad gigabytes about to this be. This is definitely a good gift. This is definitely a good gift. Happy to be good. here. Good. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, it's a gift to I me. I love so. this, man. Yeah. Um, well, quite, I mean, a couple of things I was wondering. I guess one thing a lot of, you know, certain DJs I ask them is like, if you, you know, if you have anything to say on it is like your music organization process. Like I know you're organized with your records, but also in Serato or in your digital stuff, like two things, like, is that something you teach the students and how do you approach that yourself? Yeah. Um, no, that's a great question. Um, we do teach the students, um, kind of at a very basic level. Cause you know, Serato, like, you know, it's, it's, it can get very, very involved. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we show them enough to where they can like, you know, like I said, kind of set cue points, like, you know, like get comfortable, like setting loops and then making crates, kind of customizing like their library, however they want. Yeah. And then kind of like, you know, showing them, uh, the interface of Serato. So it's a lot of screen sharing, like, you know, kind of pointing out, okay, like if you guys ever have a needle issue, like this is the button where you can hit to go right. to internal mode. So stuff like that, you know, but as far as like library organization, that would be. Yeah. Just so you can be like in a good position to go kill any kind of party just or enough whatever to go for them to go play a set. Yeah. And for me, well, like what about for you, yeah. my library has gotten a little out of hand the last <laughs> couple too. of years. Oh um, I'm, um, and I know everyone has a different approach and, and I know that I always feel like there's no right or wrong way. It's all about, um, however any DJ is most comfortable and whatever's going to make them feel competent to the point where they know they're going to be able to execute the set to the best of their ability. Yeah. Like play it close to a perfect set if that's even possible. Right. But for me, that's, um, like, uh, with a Twitch stream, for example, right. It usually starts with me being inspired by one or two songs yeah. and I'll start building a crate. Right. Okay. So if you were to open up my Serato, you would just see literally hundreds of Serato crates. Right. And Same. they're all just labeled like Friday night stream, you know, July 2nd, 2022. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, Me too. I do a lot of those custom ones. That's why I really wish you could search the crates, you know? I know. I tell Serato dope, that right? all the time. But it's good. Like, I actually, like, as overwhelming. You can search it in Lexicon and then go back and find it. That's what oh, I do. Oh, I'm not, I'm not even knowing. I use so Lexicon. Um, to sort of like organize and then be able to export to record box. And also it has different functionality that the other library programs don't have. But the fact that I can just search a playlist helps me so much. Cause yeah, it's a big time saver, right? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like create the whole like playlist from scratch. Again. Yeah. 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 No, but if you were to like, uh, look at my, <laughs> my Serato library, it's, um, it makes sense to me, but right. it's, it's overwhelming to look at, Yeah, but it's helpful in the sense that, you know, I can go back to crates from three years ago. I even, I still have my body, some of my body, English crates like in my iTunes That's so funny me too I have my pure I got from when I 
won that contest with Mark Ronson. I had to go do sets with him around. Like, I have yeah. those sets still from 2006, 2005, probably, all yeah. the way back in there. Yeah, and it's cool. Like the, I think That's it's why great. people are like, why do you want to search your crates? I'm like, I got thousands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? And I think it's cool. Like, it's actually healthy to have those to, to kind of be able to refer back to. Yeah. Because, like, maybe not necessarily every song from, like, a crate in, like, 2009 stood the test of time. But you right. can definitely pull a handful you yeah. can pull probably like a good fifteen or twenty. You know what I mean? Like, yo, these still sound good. These will still work. You yeah, know what I mean, I can mix either these routines, in mixes, ideas, anything. acapellas, things you forgot about, songs, yeah. edits, mashups. You know, For whatever. Sure. Yeah. yeah, things that you like you said totally forgot about. Like, oh, I totally forgot about yeah. this. You know what I mean? It's because especially like in digital, it gets lost way more than the records. The records, at least, you could dig through and be like, oh shit. Right. The digital is just sometimes gone forever. Yeah, yeah until, that's it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all text, so it looks the same after a while. You just fall asleep trying to look at it. Right, right, like, right. But um, I do have kind of like maybe what every DJ has. Like I have a 80s hip hop crate, a 90s right. R&B crate, a, a rock and roll crate. You know what I mean? A classic rock crate, right. a neo soul crate, like all that stuff. But yeah. then I have all these Serato crates that are just playlists of oh sets. You know what I mean? Yeah, so same. it makes sense to me. But like to someone else, like... You know, like uh, some of my homies that look at this, like damn, like Mr. Chalk, like he was looking through my. He's like, damn, you got a lot of crates, brother. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that sounds yeah, just I like I him. do. Yeah, 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 I do a pretty good Mr. Chalk. That's what happens when you're 30 years deep with uh, with your crew. That was a very, very good Mr. Chalk. <laughs> What's up, brother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what about um, like, have you been using Serato stems? Um. I was when it first uh, when the beta came out, yeah, and then um, I fell not in, not as big part of your set in, anymore. No, and it's not because of stems. It's because um, the experience I had with stems was it was great. And again, mind you, I'm on a 2020 MacBook. I got yeah. like right after the pandemic started, right. so like April of 2020. And so at first, like it was working great, um, and then I noticed the more I use stems it would take longer for it to kick in. So I would hit the pad to uh, mute the drums, but it might take, I don't know, seven seconds. Oh, what You never hell? knew it was going to kick in. So That's I feel weird. like it was maybe like a laptop thing. Yeah. Like maybe, you know what I mean? I need to upgrade, but I really, really loved it. I, I, I mean, I would love to be able to use it, but I need to, I know we were talking before we started the pod, but I need to yeah. get a new computer. My computer's not even that old. I know. You know what yeah, I mean? it should work. I but, mean. Yeah. The way that stems, I think, is intended to work is just like uh, you need it to be like in real time. When you hit that button, yeah. you need it to respond. Well, my computer. Yeah, this computer does good. I'm. It's yeah. real time. Like it's great. Yeah, Red Matic and J Rock. They have a. I think the same one you have. And it's I play so on nice. Like, I mean, just one thing I love about it is even just DJing in a club. Or I do this spot in Hollywood every week and like play. You know, a lot of Afro beats and disco and like every kind of music and. The, being able to cut the drums out is so dope, you know what I mean? Because I just cut the drums and you just have the bass, the singing, and right. the melody going, and then you just bring in some other break or drum beat or the intro or whatever, yeah. and it it has such a different sound and they're not like clashing. Yeah, and yeah. And it there's hits so much too. you can do like, with it, but it yeah, it's like on a big like on a dope sound yeah. system. Like it just hits so nice, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. And knocks. even just lately, I was messing around because they have it in Serato Stem uh, Studio as well. Oh, you know? yeah, I saw that, yeah. So I've been taking, like, disco tracks or, or different kind of jazz or funk songs that I think would be dope to sample or maybe turn into something that you could never do before, then just exporting all four stems from that and then bringing it back in and then being able to come up with ideas. Right, right, right. Um, to make beats. Yeah, to yeah, make beats sick. or remixes or up-tempo ones out of those songs that we could never do it with before. That's dope. You know? Hell yeah. And... um 
because you can also do that. Just export it from your Serato um, studio and then just use it into re-import, bring it back yeah, into the library. Do some it, weird yeah, routine yeah. where you rebuild it. Drag you it know, in. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, like what we can do now, like in 2023 with yeah. this technology and like, I know. you know, just coming from the world that I come from, where it's like you didn't have the record, you didn't have the song. Sorry, yeah, buddy. you know, totally. And now oh it's yeah, like, exactly. You got to figure it out with this drum break in the beginning yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What about like? Is there any uh, DJ gear that's come out that's like blown your mind lately, or that you really like using a, or want to use? Or yeah, I got to shout out Pioneer. I, I haven't had a chance to use um, any of the the newer controllers that they have. Right, the Rev um, Seven is dope. I've heard like that seems to be the love the it. consensus among yeah. the community. Like that's kind of the one. And then the new the Cross Twelve uh, turntable. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw your yeah. You posted so about that. I need to, yeah, I need to check those out. Oh my but God. I feel like they've. Um, you know, over the last decade, um, you know, there's obviously, there's always been like a handful of companies that have been around for years and years, but I feel yeah. like Pioneer, I feel like at this point, they've just like, they've just been so consistent and they always deliver such a good product, whether it's yeah. a mixer or a controller or even the turntable, the PLX, I felt like if you can't afford or get your hands on a Techniques 1200, you know, yeah. the PLX 1000, that's kind of like totally. the next best thing. So I'm always checking for whatever they have, even their headphones. They sent me a pair of headphones that I've been using for the last few years. Um, but they've just, um, yeah, they always just like, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough. They just make good product. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're I mean, just th- solid. that's what I was saying. I was talking to Drew from Pioneer and I was talking to cut corners from Serato and I was just saying that I feel like the partnership, you know, between them, uh, now that, uh, Pioneer, you know, uh, own Serato. Yeah. yeah. And they merge like, they both have so many people that care about DJ culture at both companies and just want to make dope equipment and dope things and push the culture forward that like, it's a great partnership. You know, I think it's the best possible situation for what we could have gotten as the customers and the DJs and the people using, utilizing their equipment, you know, totally. Um, I feel positive about it. I know a lot of DJs think, oh, they're just going to make a monopoly and kill Serato, but I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, and I, and I and you know to your point, I think um, the quality of their product, you know, speaks to. I mean, I'm sorry, the the level of connection that they have with the community speaks to the quality of their product. Yes, I. You know, they actually I think care. So. They take the time to like call right. you or like invite DJs like Serato right. invite a group of DJs to the studio totally. to show them and like get feedback yeah. whether good or bad you know what I mean they and could then, have done so much already to this point of cutting out other companies or not make things universal or not updating or not yeah. continuing to support certain pieces of equipment but they yep. constantly do it because yeah. they know what's up they know right. what we how we feel and they're all DJs all yeah. these people totally totally so they yeah they have their finger on the pulse of like you know yeah. what's happening like with the with the community yeah totally so yeah yeah shout to Serato and Pioneer yeah shout to Serato and Pioneer all day yeah for sure I yeah. hope that you get to be able to export from your Serato crates right onto a USB though and just have that use on on a, a CDJ I heard I think it was you and Vice a while back talking about it this is I don't know a year ago you had him on yeah. the pod and like I think at the time he was kind of just switching over to I don't, I don't use Rekordbox I don't play on CDJs I don't right. do clubs anymore like those kind of clubs yeah. at least but um, yeah I hear what you're saying because you got the time you guys were right. talking but about but now I have to import it into one program export it to another one do a whole thing it would be dope if now they're merged if eventually I could just right. export click. it to my USB and have that work in the CDJ yeah you know? Yeah. Or whatever other piece of equipment they come out with that reads yeah. a CD that reads a USB yeah. stick. I'm sure they'll figure that. They'll figure For it sure. out at some point. That's, That's just coming. I'm, I'm That's putting coming. that out in the universe. Yeah, yeah I'm guys. talking to you makes me want to like uh, get CDJs and like maybe like 
get a club gig or <laughs> you would have fun with it dude. i would you, I, yeah, would, yeah. I would. i'm it, just so out of touch with like the music like probably the last like trap record i downloaded was like bad and bougie or something from like you know like <laughs> seven years ago or whatever like the first migo <laughs> yeah, song like, ever i show up playing Make i feel it you though i know <laughs> when i go to vegas now and they're like we want all hip-hop i'm like oh my oh, god right. like after the pandemic it took me a minute i was like yeah. oh, i gotta get back into it like now i feel pretty back and connected and knowing yeah. what's up and i'm djing every week but took me a little bit i was like oh whoa did i hit the wall like am i old and i just don't know what's up anymore yeah you know and then no, now i'm like okay back to the research and yeah. you know no, i know what sure. i know what to do yeah and the new music's very microwave you know it's like like a premiere would say you know but it, it comes and goes real quick there's, so fast you know, there's a lot of great new music but not a lot of it sticks you really have to dig like to, you have to seek it out you know yeah. what i mean like and that was kind of one of the reasons why i stopped um, doing like the big rooms right just because it started to kind of feel like work yeah as fun as it was um it just started to feel like work because music to your point it just comes so fast you know and yeah. then if i only had even during the busy season if i was at omnia twice that month like yeah. i would do a set on the first friday of the month and then have the next three weeks off and then on that fourth week when i went to go do the next night like okay, like, I know there's probably, like, 10 or 15 songs I need to have. What are they? Because I don't really totally. listen to this stuff. Like, I don't dislike yeah. it, but it's not my go-to when I'm driving around. You yeah. know what I mean? So I got to do my due diligence and, like, you know, roll up the sleeves and check the record pools and, like, you know, then find the dope edits and then work them in and all that stuff. It just started to be like, you know, yeah. I just kind of outgrew it, I guess. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but No, um, I feel you. Plus, you have so many other things going on that are taking up your time. You're not just only a club DJ, you know, which – yeah. Um, I think you have all that other stuff. So yeah, the balance you, that we're you talking know, about, earlier, and you've just yeah. you've sort of designed your life and and thought about the way you want it to go. You know, and I think it's going in that direction. Yeah. So and far, I so think <laughs> other people, you know, it's hard. You can get stuck in just doing what life gives you rather than trying to mold it right, right, into right. what you want. I make pizza now, so. Yo, from <laughs> no, scratch. I'm I'll always DJ. I'll you guys always gotta DJ. have turntables with the pizza. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have some cool stuff in the works. Yeah, I'm for sure, sure you're gonna. Sure. It's good, probably gonna be unreal. Yeah, but I, I'll, I, I'll always DJ. I'll always go out and buy records. You know, I'll, I have every original record that I own. I always love music. Like that's yeah. just a part of me of of who I am. So that's never going anywhere. I might not do it as much, or yeah. you know what I mean, as much as I'd like to sometimes. But right. that's just that's just here to stay. Yeah, for sure. That's that's amazing. Um, well, I guess, uh, you know, we could go on forever, but, uh, why don't, why don't we get out of here? We both have families. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go, go say hi our, to my kid. I've been kids gone are probably for four days. Up on text right now. Right. My phone has gone off. I haven't yeah. looked at it that much, but, um, what about you have any kind of, la you know, words for the people listening or any other things you want to discuss before we get out of here or just a kind of message to the DJs out there? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, first and foremost, just, uh, you know, a, a big heartfelt thank you to everyone that just supported, not just me, but my crew, the beat junkies over the years, um, everything that we've done from, you know, competing to mixtapes and, you know, gambling Pete records and scratch records to, you know, modern day streaming and our DJ school. Um, we all really, really deeply appreciate it. It means a great deal to us and we wouldn't be here without, the community, the love and support of the DJs and the people, all the music heads out there. So shout out to all you guys. And, um, yeah. Um, as far as, um, I don't know, uh, anything else as far as a message, not really. I think, uh, the one thing that comes to mind is kind of what we talked about earlier, like yeah. not just DJing, but like, I guess whatever your passion is in life, whether it's DJing or tennis or video games or whatever it is, you just, you really got to love it. 
And that's just like kind of like one thing that I've learned. Again, this is just me kind of reflecting, like looking back, you know, talking about the 50 years of hip hop. You truly got to love what you do, you know, and I think that's um, a life lesson that, that I've learned. Um, and it's not every day is going to be, you know, you being in love with that thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You're going to have, you know, your moments or whatever. But if you really, really love it at the end of the day, like it's going to be very, very difficult, almost impossible for you to fail. So just stick with it. Be authentic. You know what I mean? Um, don't ever be scared to be yourself because I've definitely had moments in my career where like I've kind of like put myself in uncomfortable places like because I felt like that's who they wanted me to be. Yeah. It's not because who I really am. And, I understand. And yeah. I think that's okay. I think we all need to do that once in a while to experience right. that and learn from it. Of course. But um, but yeah, those would be kind of, um, I guess, the things that I would share with like, you know, up and coming yeah. DJs and, you know, my fellow peers. Um and, that's um, great yeah. shout out valuable. to you shout out to b port um thank you guys for this for today and for having yeah me. for sure dope. yeah and, and oh. props to you man for just putting in the work on on, on the pod man it's just we were talking like, thank you yeah for sure yeah no i'm happy to do it i get such amazing you know feedback from people literally all over the world and djs and it, it's so cool to hear and, and it's sort of like an educational thing as well you know it's fun and it's stories and it's just a podcast but uh, same kind of thing. People are like I've learned so much, or I get this from it, or you know, I'm binging through these, and I'm. It's cool for them to hear us have these long conversations and be able to take whatever they want from it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. it's fun so. for me, and I get to connect with all my my people I look up to, my friends, and people that you know have inspired me, and um, I learn a lot from it, you know, and have fun with it. Yeah, so, yeah. it'd be dope to be in your seat someday, man. Maybe one day if I have time, I can. Yeah, I had actually had an idea for uh, my Twitch channel. I wanted to do um, a series called Heroes, where it's like me kind of pulling in like oh, the guys yeah. that inspired me, like that would be some dope. of the guys from DM, just to talk to them about their yeah. journey and about their inspirations. And right, so it's dope that you get to do that, man. Yeah, because like you never know where the conversation's gonna go or the things you learn yeah. or you yeah, know, totally, totally. All that. I love it all, man. I try and soak up as much game as I can. So yeah, big shout out to Vlats. For being, yes, uh, being a writer, for reaching over a given Vlats. We gotta, uh, we gotta, get, we gotta right get a mic for you over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need Vlats's point of view. Poor Vlats is on fumes right now. I know, he's sitting <laughs> here. He's like, kill me. No, uh, <laughs> we need to point the camera yeah. over there. Yeah, well, yo, DJ Melody, legend in the game. Thank you for coming. Thank happy you. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy thank big 50th, you thank know, you. along with hip hop. And just thank you, infinite thank you to everything you've done for the DJ culture and the beat junkies as a whole. Shout out to all of them. You know, Repmatic DJed my wedding. Uh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I remember that. I remember that's that. my claim to fame. You told me. Yes, yes, I remember that. Uh, but that was actually amazing. But, you know, I love. All, all, all you that. guys, you know, we're, are that. just the greatest. Like, um, I want to come back by the school and stuff Please, too, and anytime. Check everything Open out. Open door policy, you know. For you. Yeah, all thank day. you. Yeah, of course. Um, all right, well, uh, let's go get back to our fams, and uh, yeah. hopefully, I'll see you out out in the streets for soon. sure. For sure. Okay. Right on, Spider. All thank right, you, peace. Bro. Okay. Peace. All right, what an episode! If you've made it this far, congratulations to you because. This is a big boy episode, baby. This is a big, chunky one. This is, uh, you know, we, we're in the three-hour mark right here. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. I had so much fun listening to him. I probably could have talked another couple hours, but we had to end it somewhere. Uh, and uh, make sure you check us out. We're on all platforms. You could watch us. You could listen to us. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're everywhere. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. Uh, and thank you to Beat Source. Thank you to the whole team that's holding us down and making this happen. The 20 Podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week for more.
more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.